Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. There's local politics, bud. I don't care about the weather. I can't control the weather. Don't want to talk about the weather. Sustained effort and violence. No, please. No, please. Everyone be quiet. Was that supposed to be funny? I got a little taco meat on my chest. Cool. Neat story. I want to shake his hand. 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 Family. Let's get to pumping. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Welcome in to a free beer Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Somebody will be wasted away again in Margaritaville coming up later on in the show because we have Margaritaville Tropical Punch on the line today. We'll be giving that out in hour number three of today's show. A lot of sports talk to get to before we get to that point in the program and we'll do it here in mere moments with ryan robinson from east carolina we'll talk indoor practice facility and everything uh they have going on a huge rollout that was kind of leaked out last night via ecpirates.com and we'll get more into it today on the show with double r coming up in mere moments morgan aylers joins us at around 3 30 to talk about what's going on with ecu athletics and the world of sports tony dunn county cat chronicles.com is here at four o'clock nfl schedule was released last night and the schedule release videos the teams are putting out are getting more and more creative and some were pretty awesome last night. We'll uh, we'll go over some of those and talk about the schedule that was uh, released on Thursday evening. Brian North joins us at 5 o'clock. And we'll uh, talk about what's going on in the golf world. Harold Varner III will be back in action coming up Thursday in the PGA Championship. So looking forward to that next weekend. We'll talk to Greeny about the golf world in the 5 o'clock hour. we got Shirley Rhodes here, Chandler Honeycutt, and C.J. Schaefer on a Friday. And... Vince is here. The boss is here on a Friday. That means something big's going on. And this time, Troy D., that includes East Carolina Athletics. It does. Uh, major announcement uh, last night from ECU as they announced it officially. It had been talked about it for a while. In fact, we had Coach Houston on Monday, and he yep. referenced uh, the uh, there was going to be a big announcement coming up this week. And it is finally official. And let's go out on the Pirate Radio Live line to the campus of ECU. Talk to Ryan Robinson with ECU Athletics. Ryan, first of all, great to have you on with us again. Appreciate your time. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. And uh, Yeah, we're excited. I mean, it wasn't – we weren't trying to keep anything a secret. It was, you know, as you all know, when you're putting something like this together, it, it takes time and, you know, you've got to get everything lined up, whether it's websites and communication. So, uh, you know, last night we had a really small get together with some of our coaches, the chancellors, uh, chancellor, some of our pirate club members, and um, really kind of launched it. And you know, obviously, very aggressive campaign. You know, as Matt Maloney told me the other day, he said, you know, this is the most aggressive campaign in pirate club history, and this is going to take time. We understand that. So we're excited to kind of get it off the ground. All right, Robin, for, uh, Ryan, for folks tuned in right now, not knowing what that campaign is maybe hearing about it for the first time it is pretty ambitious a 60 million dollar project encompasses a lot of facilities uh, quickly give us the rundown of, of what it is that you guys announced so like you said troy it's a 60 million dollar campaign that really for us is going to provide some much needed funds and you know we use the word essential train spaces that will really transform uh some stuff for our student athletes 
it's really going to make an impact on all those programs, all of our student athletes, and a lot of them are kind of multi-purpose. Um, you know, we got a new swimming locker room that's going to be built, Menji's Natatorium. I believe that's actually already started. Um, you know, the one everybody talks about is the multi-purpose uh, indoor football facility. Uh, you know, we call it the multi-purpose indoor practice facility. But I thought it was key last night, Coach Houston saying, "Hey, this is bigger than football." Um, you know, what we're trying to do is transformational. And I think if you ask any student athlete on campus, they're all going to be able to use that facility. When it rains and weather, they're going to be able to go in this indoor facility. Obviously, football is practicing. You all have been out there, lightning strikes. I mean, there are times that we have to go in Menjis, and if volleyball is practicing, coach has to wait until volleyball is done to do his practice in Menji. So now we're going to be able to just slide right over and go into an indoor facility. Um, you know, Menji's Coliseum has has always needed some, some renovation, some tinkering. And really for us, it's mainly about this lower bowl area, trying to get some chairbacks that are built on the bleachers. You know, college across the country are doing. You can still roll the, the bleachers in. But, you know, Menchie's is used for a lot of different things, whether it's, you know, I know we just went through a bunch of graduations, Pitt County, uh, ECU. You know, we host a number of events in there. That will give us some premium seating in that lower area. Obviously, we have courtside seating, but we've got to get new seats for courtside. Um, quite frankly, it's not good enough what we have. We need new bench seats for our participants. You know, when I mentioned this at an event, couple weeks ago a bunch of the basketball players um kind of smiled and said thank you so just some of that stuff we're, we're looking to do some more premium stuff in Menjis. if you look at kind of some of the upper levels of Menjis, we'd like to tear out some space and make some loge boxes where you could kind of have a prime seat at midcourt but not be um so crowded together i'm learning that uh where this is going and in, in hospitality is people don't like to be on top of each other they like to have space. And so we're looking at that. Um, really excited about uh, the baseball building, kind of expanding that footprint. And, again, not only does that help the baseball program and Coach Goblin, but it adds some premium space. So we're going to have a building that will go down the third base line, and there will be a deck where we'll have, um, you know, Pirate Club members at certain levels will have access to. It's got some little indoor suites. Uh, we'll have bar stools right there where you can watch watch the action. That is something we sorely need at baseball. We have no premium seating options. We have one suite for the Pirate Club that we try to give out each year to uh, supporters. And then um, you know the we have our unbelievable the teams building we have. This is kind of right beside soccer, softball, track. It's just we've outgrown it. Um, you know, we've got to add some areas where we maybe we have some new lounges, some new locker rooms for some of our sports, like a soccer, lacrosse, softball. So we're excited about that. And then I think what's really important in all this, too, is an emphasis on restricted funds. And when I say restricted funds, guys, that's more, you know, you could give $5,000 to the women's golf program. Maybe that allows her our coach to buy new irons, new equipment for our student athletes. And then our athletic excellence funds, which really gives the AD the um, the opportunity to increase some budgets that we have for our programs. You know, if you remember when we went through COVID, uh, we lowered budgets and a lot of those budgets are still at a very low end. And, 
So we want to give our coaches, our student-athletes, every chance to succeed, and uh, we think this is the right step in that in that direction. Ryan Robinson, once again, joining us live as we open up PRL East Carolina, announcing the Pirates Unite campaign for ECU Athletics, a $60 million project that Ryan just ran down. And, and listen, man, everything sounds good. It's a great wish list, and all of it definitely <laughs> sounds needed. Here, here's the question: Sixty million dollars is a lot of money for East Carolina athletics. What's the time frame to be able to fundraise this thing? When do you, would you like to have this wrapped up by, Ryan? Well, you know, we look at this sometimes as like a four or five year window, but I don't, I don't want to put a timeline on it because I think we've got to get out as Pirate Club, be aggressive. Now we've had unbelievable conversations. When you do something like this, Troy, especially let's just use for example an indoor facility, you're going to need a league gift. You know, you're going to need the gifts in the three to five million dollar range to get it going. And we've had some really good conversations with with individuals and businesses about those. Um, but the way we're doing the campaign is, um, you know, let's say baseball. Baseball right now is probably a five to seven million dollar project. If we raise $7 million for baseball, then we'll start building. But, you know, we've reached our full debt capacity, the Pirate Club. Obviously, the tower is a beautiful structure we're paying for. So there will be no shovel on the ground until funding is complete. All right, so a little bit different than, than past years where it was yeah. financed. This will not be. This will be started when it's paid for, basically. And and you said it could be piecemeal. So let's say the indoor facility is going to be a let's just say twenty million dollar project. I think it's probably six. We're saying right now sixteen to twenty. I think the biggest thing, as you all know, is just the cost of steel continues to rise. Sure. Once you have that raised you can go ahead and start that even if everything else isn't paid for yet so it's not an all-or-nothing deal it's a piecemeal deal yeah we've already got some money raised for swimming so that locker room will uh, begin constructed as you all probably seen we're really excited about the weight room that we have it's going in right behind clark Leclerc stadium the steel is up on that that is fully funded uh, so that's the reason we were able to start and that should be done probably by the end of December. And what's really cool about that, talking to student-athletes, is that you know we're one of the few schools that only has one weight room, and the weight room we have now is beautiful. You all been in it. We've redone it. It's just you have 450 student-athletes. A lot of these teams, they want to work out at 7 a.m. or 9 a.m. Well, you can't do that. So this is going to give a whole lot of flexibility with this new weight room, plus for a you know, a team like baseball. Now they're just walking across the street if they want to, if they want to work out in that weight room. So we're really excited about that. But, yeah, Troy, it is, there's not a finance plan. It is we're going to raise the money and we're going to be aggressive. But like I said, it's going to take some, uh, some major gifts to really get it off the ground. And, and Ron, I've talked with some uh, friends and some major donors, and I, I don't know if anything's official yet, but have you secured a lead gift or a naming rights opportunity for that indoor football facility and if not is that still available for somebody that might be out there listening right now and if so what type of gift are you looking for if someone wants their name on it well you are correct we have uh we, we are definitely not close to any final agreement we have talked to several individuals about the gift um you know when you do a facility let's say 16 20 million you're always going to hope that you're going to be able to get between the four and six million dollars to for kind of the naming rights, but we're still going through that. I will tell you that you do hope that we can get something wrapped up by the end of the summer or maybe in the summer, 
with that. And there's there's different levels there too. You know, you have the naming of the facility, but you also have the naming of the field. Both of those names will be on the uh, be on the indoor facility. You know, and inside you have you know the scoreboard. We're actually talking about doing outside the indoor a little bit of a plaza area that we're still exploring. Because a lot of people, when you're going to make a gift of that magnitude, um, you do want to have naming rights available. So uh, John, you know, John and I and the Pirate Club, we continue to meet daily about naming right opportunities. Um, we still have some opportunities available from the past campaign for the tower, um, you know, one of them being uh, the Boneyard. Now, that money that's raised for that goes towards the payment of the tower. Uh, so we're trying to be as creative as possible, whatever we come up with, we will take to the Board of Trustees to get approval. Uh, hopefully we can do that in July once everything's finalized. Ryan, I've been here since the 90s, and there's been a need for an indoor football facility, or as you call it now, multi-purpose facility, since then. And it's been talked about since then. Now, this is the first time it's actually potentially becoming a reality. What is the reality of this as far as what is your goal as far as at least that facility being able to break ground and get it uh, operational is that something that could happen as quickly in, as let's say the 2023 season could it be uh, in place by then or is, or is it more of a 2024 situation you know it's, it's an interesting question I, I think i was trying to see where you went with it i think i could see us breaking ground in 2023 now i don't know what time of year that would be now that is aggressive john gilbert's probably listening saying dear god ryan but i think we can do it I really do. I think there's a lot of support behind it. Uh, but it's going to take everybody. I mean, it's going to take all Pirate Nation kind of coming together and um, helping us with these projects, with that specific project. I know Coach Houston would like um, Clip and I to go out there tomorrow and start digging dirt. But that that's not going to happen. Um, we do hope that 2023, we're – We've got some shovels in the ground, and, and we're getting things done. And if we can secure naming rights, you know, obviously we will we will be announcing that at the proper time. I just we're not at that point right now at all. Um, we've been very fortunate. Now I'm looking out my window at Town Bank Tower, you know, to get that naming rights. Um, so we're going to continue to be aggressive. We have been meeting with people. Uh, I've been on the road a lot. So is John. I've been dragging Coach Houston all over the state, um, outside the state as well talking about this campaign and specifically the multi-purpose and ryan we had a great interview a conversation with coach mike houston on monday a uh, big part of that he talked about just how the you know the new nil deal name image likeness and how that is affecting not just east carolina but just the world of college athletics how do you weigh the the fundraising now with the need for these facilities for ecu athletics which the new need of nil money and how that's affected and changed the world of college athletics is it difficult now to really try to be uh, almost in many ways fundraising for both well and I, and I would add something to that Troy I think you know we have this beautiful tower that you know we're fortunate this year we're we're probably I would say close in the next week or so to announce that it's completely sold out so all the trade club seats the the suites and the loges and the reason I bring it, bring it up those aren't cheap so um, we ask a lot of our supporters you know, we're filling the tower. We need to fill Dowdy Fitton uh, Stadium. And then, you know, you've got a campaign. On top of that, you have the NIL. Now, the NIL is kind of – we don't have a lot of control of it in the athletic department. I know that we've been – I've been really surprised and uh, thankful for a lot of the businesses that have reached agreement 
with our student athletes. I know we even have some more that I think are are coming on, and uh, as you'll see announcements soon. But like, I think that's the hard thing, right? I mean, I, I don't want to sit here and tell you it's easy. It's not because. As a Pirate Club executive director, we're trying to raise money for our student-athletes, whether it's facilities, funds, uh, but you've got to balance it all, and you have to realize it's not going away. And I'm not against it. I think it's great for our kids. Um, we've just got to figure out a way that we can um, make everybody uh, happy and understand what we're trying to do. We understand what they're trying to do and try to find that happy medium. But I have been, I mean, you are a part of it. I have been really pleased with the support that our student athletes have have received in terms of the NIL. You know, I was talking to Coach Schwartz the other day, and you know, I know. Listen, it, it's no secret; it comes up in every conversation with every coach. And I think his message has been, "Hey, this is—I've been here for 60 days. This is an unbelievable place. You come here, you're going to have opportunities." And, and I believe that as well. Ryan, if someone's out there listening right now and they're hearing about this new indoor football facility that you guys have just announced and it's, you know, at least becoming a reality as as someone that could actually donate to it now, if they want to donate to that or this fund in general, how do they do it? How do they go about it for someone that may not be familiar with the Pirate Club but says, you know what, that's something I'd like to get behind? Well, I think the best thing they can do is go to ecupirateclub.com first and look at all the information. It It is all laid out where they'll be able to see all the information, how they can donate. They can also pick up the phone and call at any time. Um, you know, they can call the Pirate Club. They can call my office. So at uh, 252-737-4882, I'd be happy to talk to them. Uh, so there's many ways. And this is just the first step, Troy. We'll have some different stages as we go on. You know, a lot of people talk about bricks and different things that we can do. We'll have some of that as we go on. I think the important thing was to launch um, let people understand what we're trying to do and then continue those conversations. But I know personally, our Pirate Club staff, we will come and meet with anybody. Just call, email. We'll set up a meeting, kind of show you the different options and uh, and go from there. Well, it's definitely uh, an impressive uh, presentation you guys have put together and some much-needed things for ECU Athletics for the future that will uh, hopefully pay dividends for decades down the road. But, uh, Ron, anything else you want Pirate Nation to know about? I know we'll catch up with you again down the road, but uh, while you have an open forum here to let people uh, hear whatever's on your mind. Yeah, I think there's just a couple of things. You know, I talked about the Town Bank Tower being sold out. I think one of the things that's been really impressive to me, too, is we are now our fewest available tickets in the williams Clark Club that we've had since the tower was completed. So those are selling really well. We're right near about 13,000 season tickets. You know, we're in the middle of May. Last year as a whole, we sold 13,500. We, we would really like to get that number to 15,000. I know you and I have had many conversations about how hard it is to sell single-game tickets. So I think, you know, one of the things we're trying to establish now is, you know, maybe a charity program where, hey, I can't come to the game, but I want to buy season tickets and I want to make sure they're in somebody's hands. Uh, we've got to do everything we can because we've got that team coming here on September 4th, and we've got to have this place packed. And the last thing I'd like to say, I want to congratulate, I uh, just spent a long time in his office, Tom McClellan, whose last day today, after 17 years here, going over to Pitt County Schools. Um, really appreciate everything that, that Tom has done for ECU, for athletics, but also in the community. Uh, he does a lot of stuff that, you know, he's helping out of baseball, really not his job. 
So he goes year-round. So uh, I'm, I'm really happy for the next step in his career. Ryan, uh, a quick question here about the new world of the American and how these conferences are going to look as Houston and uh, UCF, uh, you know, skip town and, and head to the Big 12. Uh, there's talk that they may be leaving a year early after one more uh, school calendar year. If that's the case, there would be a buyout and East Carolina would be accepting some of that money. So if if that were to happen, where do those funds go? Is that something you guys have talked about if you do get something from those teams, those schools leaving the conference? Well, and I think you're right, Clip. You know, we've kind of <coughs> heard kind of the same things. Um, I'm kind of going into this year as the possibility this is the final year. Um, th- those money, you know, that money would be spread out over all the schools, um, and then there's certain areas that, I mean, a lot of it we needed for operating. But I do think with this conference, you know, we East Carolina has a chance to really position itself in a really good place with this new alignment. And I think, you know, obviously the additional funds, but, again, those that's spread out over um, the remaining schools. And we'll see what that number is. You know, obviously that's negotiations and seeing where it's at. But if you ask me right now, I would say there, there is a probably a good chance this is the final year uh, for those schools here. And, Ryan, you're making these upgrades that we're talking about now and, and hopefully uh, can get those done in the next few years. With, with the new schools being added to the American, what's left in the American, What uh, where does East Carolina stack up when it comes to facilities, in your opinion? I know you've been to some of these other places. I think we're going to be near the top. You know, you get an indoor facility in here um, – there's not going to be much. We do some stuff with the teams building. The teams building is very important because it houses a lot of our, our teams. And then you look at baseball menus. I don't know, Clip. I think, um, is it Texas Arlington? I know, um, are they coming? Is it Texas Arlington? Sorry, I keep forgetting them. Uh, Texas, uh, San Antonio. San Antonio, yeah. yeah. There are some of these schools, you know, I just saw the other day, Rice is doing like a $120 million campaign. You know, I saw Memphis yesterday as well, $150 million campaign. So you're seeing a lot of the schools that are coming in, they are preparing to compete at this level. But I think you get an indoor facility in here. I don't know if there's going to be really anything hard to beat that we don't have. Um, But we've got to continue. I mean, it's an arms race. We understand where we're at at East Carolina. We've got to remain competitive and give our – uh, our coaches and staff and student athletes a chance to compete for excellence, but on the other side, we've got to we've got to compete for excellence. Uh, we have a lot of unbelievable things here, and you know, Coach Houston and I talk about this all the time. Do we not have an indoor right now? But um, we have enough to compete, and we should be competing. And it gets me excited when I hear you know, Coach Swartz, uh, Coach Houston. Uh, we got a new soccer coach that gets me. I don't know if you've had him on yet, but. He's from Scotland. He gets me fired up every time he talks because Shane Winkler, our softball coach, came here and said, man, I've got everything I need right here. i got everything we need to compete. So that's what we re- – we've got to do our part too. You know, we talk about Pirate Nation. We've got to do our part as a department to make sure we're competing in all our sports. Ryan kind of touched on it there, Troy. The, the arms race is so fluid. We could ask Ryan the same question in two weeks, and USF might have talked about building a new structure. So yeah. it, that answer could change a lot, but it's nice to hear uh, we're at or near the top. And, and Ryan, I, I want to give a shout-out to you guys at the Pirate Club. Once again, the, the website for folks that want more information, ecupirateclub.com. You guys have done a great job of getting all the information out there now. So folks go there. They can read about every one of these projects, see what they look like, 
And, I, you know, I had some folks ask me, because we actually have a visual of the indoor practice facility. Is this kind of a mock-up of what it is actually going to look like, or is this just a rendering of what it could look like? Because a lot of folks were wondering, hey, is this even going to have walls in it? Is it glass uh, on the sides? I know there's a lot of garage doors it's going to have, you know. Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that because John Gilbert has, has been on me about, you know, we're, we, it's a rendering, but, I mean, that's kind of what we're looking to do. Those door, those are doors, so they will close like garage doors, and then they can, you know, will open. So a lot of times, like in the NFL, if, they're, if, if you're the beloved uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers or – I'm trying to think. If you're playing Green Bay Packers and wherever you're at and it's cold outside, you can still practice on the turf but roll up the doors um, to make, you know, so you feel the elements. Now, it will be a climate-controlled facility. But, yeah, those are garage doors. We're going to get – that website will continuously be updated as we get uh, new renderings. Uh, you'll start to see, especially on the weight room, we're going to start putting uh, some different things in there. And then as we get going with, like, baseball in the team's room. So that website is not just a stale website that's going to stay like that for three years. You're going to see new renderings. Um, but I think what's most impressive about the indoor is, you know, you drive down Charles Boulevard, that thing's going to be a monstrosity. Uh, I mean, it's it's going to it's gonna make this, you know, athletics footprint pop. I mean, we're talking about 101,000 square feet. So, uh, you know, with scoreboards and clocks, we'll have, you know, LED lighting, uh, sound systems. And one of the things that we'll try to do, too, is use that on game day. You know, it can be used for recruiting. Yeah. I know Coach Houston's excited about using it for camps. And when I talk about camps, you know, it's great that we have these kids coming in. But you're talking about parents, people coming in. And ECU, Coach Houston said something last night that really struck with me is, hey, uh, there's a lot of people who might have a narrative about ECU, but but they don't they know we're coming, and we're coming for them, and they know that we're going to compete. We are committed to an athletic department that's going to compete, and I think that's important um, because it's important to our community as well. I love the partnership we have with our community. I mean, right now we have what is it, eight softball teams that were in town, eating at our restaurants, going to our hotels. Last week we had the lacrosse championships here you know hotels and restaurants that's important to us to continue to bring events and have that partnership and ron i think the cool thing about this and we talked with coach houston about it is this new indoor facility is going to be congruent with the existing practice field so you've got the grass practice fields you have the turf field which will remain and then this will go right next to it so they'll all be attached and i think too sometimes you know ron folks we forget how good we have it here i go to other places and you've been to other places too where all the facilities are spread out you just mentioned memphis you know they got to play in the liberty bowl which is nowhere near their campus um we are so fortunate here we have the football facility, the baseball facility, the basketball facility, all within literally 200 yards of each other. I, I mean, and all the sports facilities are all right there, literally on campus. And to me, I think that is really what college sports is all about, not having to drive over there and over here. Everything is literally a, a campus facility. And we hear that from our coaches, Troy, all the time, especially it's, it's kind of interesting when you when new coaches come in, they love it. You know, that everything's right here. Um, and, and I think what's cool, I mean, I'm biased, but it's pretty cool to work in this athletic department because I've been in places like Tennessee where it is not like that. But, man, you can walk out your office door if you go outside and, you know, you're seeing all of our student-athletes, you know, coming and going. we got our academic center here in Ward. 
there is so many great things about East Carolina. Uh, I, I can't – it take me all day to talk about the opportunity that we have here, what we have, but most importantly, uh, the support. Um, Coach Schwartz said the other day he was leaving an event because we've had him kind of going all over on these armadas, and we had McCall's Barbecue in um, Goldsboro, and he, he just simply said, man, Pirate Nation is strong. And I said, no, you're, you're, you haven't even witnessed it yet. Um, so we're, we're really excited about the future of the alignment and uh, and kind of kind of moving forward. Really excited about the baseball game tonight. What is it, seven in a row? Um, so we're, we've got a lot of good things going on over here. Ryan, thanks for your time, man. Great catching up as always. Congratulations on the uh, kickoff of this Pirates Unite campaign. We'll be talking about it a lot, but uh, definitely wanted to get you on today as it's now officially public information. So appreciate all the uh, info you have provided, insight, and keep up the good work. Hey, I appreciate it. Clip, if you want to sit down to kind of discuss the naming rights opportunity, you and I, we could definitely have lunch at Chico's and make that happen. All right, I'm definitely in for lunch, and we'll discuss the other stuff. Ryan, I, after. I was thinking the Dreyfus Dome had a good ring to it. That, hey, I, I could see that, but I, I think Clip is, is, is set himself up for that conversation. Right. Troy, you've already got the Dreyfus Dome on <laughs> yeah, top of those shoulders. Yeah, it cost me a lot head. less, too. Ryan, are you still a Jaguars guy? <laughs> you know... You know, uh, Clip, I've kind of soured a little bit. So my best friend is now – he was the Jaguars coach, and trust me, we didn't do very well when I was there, uh, Gus Bradley. So I kind of now just follow him. You know, he's okay. at the Raiders, and now he's at the Colts. So I've kind of followed right. him. Now I love, you know, watching the Redskins and Bears and then hear about your all's pain on Monday mornings. <laughs> well, I was going to say we got the Jags week one, so hopefully uh, Washington can win that. Lee D had me all depressed yesterday talking about the Bears. We haven't even started yet. Still uh, four it's, months I, away. I love the NFL. I'm not going to lie. It's I My buddies I play golf with, I don't play a lot. I don't play at all, really, from September to December. And they're like, why on Sundays? And I say, because I'm – I'm tuned in the NFL. So, y'all have a great weekend, and we'll definitely talk soon. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it. Ryan Robinson with ECU Athletics, also uh, director of the ECU Pirate Club. And, Clip, what a uh, campaign here. You know, I, I knew this thing was com- coming. I think it's a little bit bigger than I even I realized. A, a $60 million fundraising campaign uh, encompasses a, a new baseball building facility expansion of the – I'm sorry, a baseball building with the expansion of the current facility – uh, Amenji's Coliseum renovation, the multi-purpose facility with the focus of football, um, a weight room construction project for all the other sports in addition to the Murphy Center, uh, the team's building expansion that actually isn't that he talked about. They've already outgrown that. Uh, the the swimming and diving locker room renovation, which is much needed. And he said uh, the women's swimming and diving locker room and the weight room are already underway. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So uh, and once again, they these will be funded uh, will be started as they are funded. So one one of these projects may go while the other continues to fundraise for it. So I, I guess really, and I, I think Brian, Brian kind of made it. If you wanted to donate money specifically to the indoor facility, you could do that. Or if you want to donate to baseball directly, mm-hmm. you could do that. So this will be interesting to watch and. Uh, they've kind of got a scoreboard up here on the uh, website, which I like as far as how much money they've got some money already in hand. But 
then you know 15 million 30 million 45 million 60 million and it'll be complete with the uh, campaign giving thermometer graphic that they have and they'll update this as ryan said as they go so uh exciting times man i listen i've been you know me we were talking about it the other day i've been banging this drum for a long long time on this indoor facility this is the first time it's ever actually become this close to becoming a reality and i believe it will become a reality and and it's no longer a matter of if it's just a matter of when correct yeah it is uh exciting news uh for pirate fans for the student athletes for everybody involved right now and uh good info from ryan robinson on each of those projects going on all right uh troy we got to take a break anything else before we no let you i appreciate you day? letting me sit in with you today oh, there's a big news day so i wanted to uh, be here to help cover it with you and uh i'll turn things over to you for the rest of the show sounds good we'll talk to you monday cliff godwin is going to join us cliff godwin will be here at uh three o'clock hour so uh, on hour one we'll lead off the show with cliff we'll have coach godwin we'll have the players on monday as well so a big monday edition of pirate radio live following this weekend before we get there a lot more pirate radio radio live to go on this friday back with you after this Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at University Sportswear ENC.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Vacation spots are right here in our very own backyard, and you can take a trip to a state park and enjoy traditional camping, RV space, and also air conditioned cabins that can be rented with Wi Fi. If you're by a lake, be sure to check out the opportunities to rent a canoe or kayak and get out on the water. Your next adventure is right around the corner. For more information, please visit ncstateparks.gov. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Brock. All right, back with you here, Pirate Radio Live on a Friday. Seeing if Chandler Honeycutt's worth his weight in gold when it comes to video production today. You got me on the shot. Looks like you do. Well done. Uh, let's head out to the Pirate Radio Live line and talk to the voice of Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, Minji's Coliseum. I'm just, I'm seeing how the, I'm checking all the mics. I'm sorry for making you work. This is your job. Do your job. Set out to the Pirate Radio Live line. Talk to Morgan Aylers here on a Friday. Morgan, how you doing, sir? I am doing fantastic. Kicking off a long weekend, but uh, always good talking sports with the legendary Clip Rock. Oh, wow. You're too kind. The uh, Pirates Unite campaign uh, set to begin, and the indoor practice facility, the IPF, something talked about for decades and decades uh around these parts could finally be getting done uh if the price is right and we're talking about this with mike houston the other day uh troy d was in here and i was trying to think about the first football coach that troy d probably asked a question about uh, an indoor practice facility too and it was probably steve logan right morgan you've been around here a long time how long has the the indoor practice facility talk been going on in greenville i think it probably was logan way back when, but that was before everybody had them. And I heard uh, Coach Houston talk on your show the other day saying there's only two uh, really Division One schools in the Southeast that don't have them, and we're one of them. So, 
you know, but it, according to a former athletic director here that uh, shall remain nameless, Jeff Comfort, uh, we didn't need one because, you know, it's not a necessity. Yes, it is. It certainly is for, and I asked Coach Houston about it, multiple reasons for the, the practicality of it, being able to go somewhere when you have those lightning storms or any storms that pop up in eastern North Carolina. And when recruits are taking visits, uh, you've got every other school uh, that has one and, and can a big, nice, shiny building that they can show off. And uh, when kids come here, they don't see one because there isn't one. So there's that factor, too. Mike Houston said it's used against East Carolina. Oh, and I agree with that. I mean, especially if your kid's coming down between East Carolina and uh, maybe a couple other schools that do, you're going to point out all the positives that you have and the negatives of the other guys. And Now, they might not do it uh, directly and say, well, East Carolina doesn't have one. It says, you know, you're going to go to a school that, you know, you need one of these because this is why X, Y, and Z, why you need one. And East Carolina, of course, up to now is going to be have to say, well, this is why we don't have one, but this is what we do have. So you have to. It's a. It's a. It's one of these things you have to, you know, chuck and duck around a little, bob and weave. But we've done a. The coaching staff's done a really good job in recruiting the last few years, and I think it's going to show this year. And speaking of that, Morgan USA Today put out the uh, the rankings of every team uh, from number one to UConn at the very bottom. And this is this is fan service. This is for us to talk about to nitpick and everything. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Uh, during the season and how everything's going to shake out. But East Carolina put at 58, which, A, is a huge improvement from where it's been in the, the 90s and 80s and and uh, and up there. But, uh, but B, you know, East Carolina making a bowl last year, uh, puts them in the top half of college football. Now they need to take that next step. Also, interestingly enough, Morgan had them the fourth-ranked American team, which sounds about right. East Carolina's put themselves in the, the – the middle of the AAC and now moving towards the top half. So kind of a, a prove it year for East Carolina. Hey, let, let's show them that we're better than that. But what do you think about that number kind of being middle of the pack in the, in the entire landscape of football and near the top at the American? Is that fair? I would say it would be fair from a standpoint of somebody looking from the outside, doing the 40,000 foot view of East Carolina football. I think mm. it would be very fair. I think that folks that are around it like we are on a day-in and day-out basis might think that might be a little low. I think we probably could be a little bit higher and by the end of the year. Hopefully it will be. Um, you know, I think we've got a lot of pieces coming back. You've talked about it a lot. and You're going to be, I'm sure, breaking it down as the season gets closer and closer. But uh, this is one of those things that when you're taking that 30,000, 40,000-foot level. East Carolina, we, we made the bowl last year. We, we improved. Uh, we played well at the end of the season. However, the the pieces that we've got in place right now, I think, even makes us a little bit better than we were at the end of last year. And I think as the season goes on, uh, we've got a chance to really surprise a lot of people, and I think we will. All right, Morgan, you reminded me. So last year, around this time, I know it was the off season. You you said. Hey, watch out. This Ryan Jones guy has got something and took a while for him to get in the mix. And when he did, uh, turned into a, a playmaker and a weapon on this offense. So let's do that again, Morgan. Give me another newcomer, a guy we haven't seen in the purple and gold on the field yet, uh, but could be a big time playmaker for the team this year. Who's that weapon going to be? Julio Gonzalez. Huh. I've never heard of that gentleman. 
Oh, are you talking about East Carolina? Yes, yes. Oh, I thought you were talking about cross-country kickball for a team in Mexico. No, uh, Peyton Winstead, or Isaiah Winstead. Peyton. <laughs> I didn't ask you what uh, country music rocker to go see this weekend. And by the way, he's got a future. Moved to Nashville if he's listening. Uh, oh, did he really? Music. Yeah, he moved. Oh, wow. Awesome, man. Making the music world, so that's something to keep an eye on, too. But I think Isaiah Winstead is, is, is one of these guys that, uh, coming into the program, he's got a lot to prove. Uh, I think he's one of these six-two, six-three guys that uh, is going to be a matchup problem for a lot of people. And I thought it would be, and I had no inside knowledge. Just as me looking at it, if you had uh, Ryan Jones at one wide out and you put Winstead at the other one, that is a nightmare for defensive backs to cover. Two six-three, six-four guys that can run, jump, big, strong. Then you got a couple other guys moving in and. Uh, uh, Jalen Jordan, I think, from Georgia. You know, he's a 6'2 guy. Um, you've got the young man, Gardner, from the transferred in from Duke. And then you've always got the wild card in C.J. Johnson if he makes it back. And, you know, I hope he does. If, do, if C.J. does make it back and he's the C.J. that he's capable of being, that's as good a wide receiver room as there is in this conference. <laughs> it all of a sudden goes from a big question mark to a positive, if all that can happen for sure. And uh, and Mike Houston said that he is still hopeful CJ will be uh, on the team in September. As he pointed out, still on the roster, uh, just suspended uh, from the team at the moment, but hopefully working his way back on. Morgan Ayler's joining us. Uh, hopefully the weather will cooperate this weekend and we can get some baseball in, Morgan, because this Pirate baseball team has been trending up. You got the, the RPI right now sitting in the mid-30s. Uh, it looks like they might be on the right side of the bubble uh, if the turn tournament began this weekend and they're first place in the american and are looking for another ring and then winning the aac tournament so man this thing uh, has really turned around here in the last few weeks yeah it has they've been playing well they've been hitting the baseball and getting timely hits with the exception of the the friday night game last week against memphis uh you know i was coming back from a, doing a wedding and i was listening to the game and you know i'm sitting here going like okay we got man on first and second got man on first second third but nobody and nobody hit the ball. Right. Uh, they, they put it together late in the ball game, scored four, won the game, and then really had a strong weekend. They need to keep doing that. They need to keep getting after uh, these teams and got two more conference series, I believe, and if they can pull those out, possibly sweep, if, you know, definitely get four or five wins out of those. I think that's something that uh, the Pirate fans uh, are really rally around and this team can really use that uh, pirate spirit and pirate nation really getting after them and uh, supporting them because we sure do need that right now. Morgan Ayler's joining us while we're uh, hitting ECU Sports, Morgan, along with the Pirates Unite campaign. We saw um, some news about Minji's Coliseum plans to renovate, uh, upgrade that, including uh, new chairback seats on one side of the lower bowl, new bench seats, improved courtside seating, uh, according to what came out on ecupirates.com. Uh, you know, your take on that, you have spent more time in Minji's than just about anybody. So, you know, are those welcome additions? And what other additions would you like to see at Minji's Coliseum? Uh, I was surprised when I saw that, uh, but it's good. You know, I think that there's, there's obviously to make the fan experience better is is a big deal. I think, uh, you know, getting the PA system fine-tuned would be a great thing from a personal standpoint. Not that it's bad now, but I just think that, that it's sort of a, an older system that can be 
fine-tuned. I know that a lot of times people will sit here and say, boy, it's loud where I'm sitting, but there's people other places say that it's not loud enough. <laughs> right. Depending on where, if you're in front of a speaker or not, that, I guess that's the big, the big deal there. But, uh, you know, it's, it's time. I think that was in 1995 it was done. So the, what is that, 27 years ago? I was going to say, it sounds like this, is, uh, this has been a complaint for a while, a long time. And not, not from you, from a lot of folks. No, from a lot of folks. And it's, you know, they, since the re, they remodeled it and rebuilt it in 95, you know, that's a 27-year-old facility. It, it needs some upgrades. And uh, hopefully some upgrades on the court as well as Mike Schwartz continuing to recruit and uh, and bring some folks in and uh, looking forward to some basketball later on this calendar year. Morgan, you are keeping up with uh, anything going on, the Hurricanes, the NBA playoffs, you following that at all? I'm, I'm watching the, the Hurricanes a little bit, following them. Uh, NBA playoffs, I probably will get more involved with it as the semifinals and finals get on. But I'm just – honestly, I'm just not a huge NBA guy. I lost my interest in them a while back, and I do watch the playoffs when it gets toward the end, but that's about it. You got that going on next week. Kermudgeon. The uh, Harold Varner III will be back on the course. Hadn't seen him in a while. He'll be playing in the PGA Championship. Also, uh, the Preakness going on. And, Morgan, uh, you weren't one of those lucky few that had a very, very late bet put in on Rich Strike, were you? Uh, no, but that was cool. <laughs> yeah. Especially the, the, the angle that they showed above the track. Oh, yeah. Showed him, you know, coming around the last turn, you know, way in the back, and then he just makes a run for it. And, uh, you know, that was really cool. I, I heard today that he is not going to be in the, I think, the... Breakness. Yeah. Which is the next one. But they had planned to rest him for five weeks anyway. It wasn't just because uh, he won the Kentucky Derby and something's wrong with him, and he's going to be ready for the Belmont at the end of June. But that's a cool story, and uh, good for them. Yeah, no doubt. Morgan Ayler's joining us. Morgan, uh, got some uh, beach wedding going on this weekend? Uh, doing one tonight uh, in uh, between Moorhead City and Newport at uh, Butterfly Kisses Pavilion. And then tomorrow heading to South Boston, Virginia. And then Sunday coming back to Greenville. So the triple header trifecta this weekend. And Shameless plug, if anybody's looking for a DJ for a wedding for this year, next year, or the year after. I've actually got booked in 2024 already. Wow. Which is kind of cool. You think the engagement lasts that long? I don't know, but I got the deposit. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) That is how you work it right there. That's good stuff. No, but hopefully it will. They're good folks. I think they will. Man, that's, uh, yeah, long in advance. So, yeah, book, uh, we got a wedding DJ for you. If you're not ready, if you got cold feet this year, go ahead and uh, get Morgan for next year. He'll be ready to go. I'm already booked. I've already got, I think, seven or eight booked for next year. Man. Shaping up good, yeah. Good stuff, Morg. Thanks for joining us, man. Have a great weekend, and uh, hopefully you get some good food at the reception and, and people treat you right, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you, Cliff. You guys have a great weekend. Be safe. Morgan Ayler's joining us on this Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live, where we will be giving out some Margaritaville Tropical Punch coming up in hour number three. You got the flavors like Mango Peach Paradise, Strawberry Daiquiri, Beach Breezy, those uh could be yours we got a variety pack 12 pack for you coming up in hour three of today's show we'll take a timeout come back wrap up hour number one of pirate radio live see what the folks are saying on the facebook live chat and also go over the buccaneer music hall scoreboard presented by dub buck we'll do that and more when we return pirate radio live back with you after this 
You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need some beer for the weekend? The Jarvis Street Bottle Shop near Christie's Europub is a specialty shop selling craft, domestic, and import brews, along with wine and growlers. The Bottle Shop offers monthly beer and wine tastings featuring rotating North Carolina craft breweries, along with live music and discounts. Stop by Tuesday through Sunday or check out the Jarvis Street Bottle Shop on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Slip Brock. Alrighty, wrapping up Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live here on a Free Beer Friday. Tony Dunn set to join us coming up in Hour number 2. We'll talk NFL schedule release and more news and notes get a jerry judy update as he was uh arrested but i think he's out on bond now we'll talk about that uh let's get a quick update of the facebook chat on this friday robert matthew says hello mike p says just wanted to wish cam newton a happy belated birthday that's nice of mike p isn't it Chandler? yeah very nice have the panthers posted anything yet no why would they all right uh susan dean says hashtag fire matt rule Happy birthday, Cam. <laughs> and uh, Did Susan Deans wish Cam a happy birthday? Uh, good question. Susan, did you? I'm sure she did. Uh, and then some comments about our interview with Ryan Robinson. If you missed it, you can check it out. You can watch it right now if you'd like to. Go to YouTube. And rewind. And you can go all the way back to the beginning of the show. And as we're talking about something else, you can listen to the Ryan Robinson interview where he had a lot of details on the new initiative the uh the multi-purpose indoor practice facility uh the other additions and upgrades they are making including minji's coliseum it's the pirates unite capital campaign and you can check it all out ecupirates.com ecupirateclub.com and uh check out that ryan robinson interview we did to start the show all right big night tonight uh boy i was telling talking to cj yesterday about his celtics and how you just don't come back from what happened the other night but brandon walker on pick central said something earlier today that's been tough for me to shake boston the way they are the rosters compiled the guys they have on the team they seem like a good back against the wall team fair um is that enough to force this thing to a game seven i don't know bucks are a one-point home favorite and i am completely baffled on what side to go on tonight i was all on milwaukee yesterday boston today i have no opinion on it right now anybody want to help no boston Boston says cj well he's a fan how about you chandler who wins uh I like Milwaukee at home. All right. Going to win it at home tonight. Warriors are eight-point favorites at home to try to close out their series with the Memphis Grizzlies. We got Orioles baseball for you tonight as the O's coming off a series win against the Cardinals. They'll be in Detroit tonight to face the Tigers. And uh, also three games tonight in the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Rangers on the road at Pittsburgh. The Penguins can close out that series with a win tonight. Florida looking to close out their series with Washington. That one is in D.C. And then you've got the Calgary Flames, who lead it 3-2 to two over the Stars. Calgary trying to close it out on the road tonight in Dallas. So that's going on on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Da Buck. Da Buck. ECU baseball gets underway tonight at 6.30. Now, 
ECU baseball has put out a graphic with Garrett Saylor on it. They've done this in the past where the guy on the graphic has not started a game. So are we assuming Saylor is starting tonight or not? Did they just put him up there for fun? I don't know. There's no there's no way Garrett uh, Garrett Saylor starts tonight. All right. I was thinking we'd go back to the old well like last week. Go CJ Mayhew. Uh, probably will. But just pointing out that Garrett Saylor is on the graphic that they tweeted out five minutes ago. All right, let's uh, take a break. We'll come back when we return. Tony Dunn joins us. We've watched some of the schedule release videos that were put out on social media. And I got to say, now this may get tiresome as things do over time and other aspects of life, but... I'm enjoying it. As of today, I think this is awesome. I think it is making every team's social media department up their game. And there were some great videos, really funny stuff. And we'll uh, we'll talk about some of the highlights that came out last night. We'll look over the Panthers schedule, the primetime schedule, talk about it all. With Tony Dunn, ColinCatChronicles.com, when we return, back with you on Pirate Radio Live after this. listening to hour two of pirate radio live now back to the show welcome back do you need custom t-shirts apparel or uh, promotional items for your business organization or event we'll keep it local and print it local with university sportswear contact them today at university sportswear enc.com the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Cliff Brock. All right. In studio, a couple of my smartest buddies, Chandler Honeycutt and Tony Dunn. <laughs> Charlie Rose. I, I am smart. I am smart. CJ Schaefer, uh, also here on a Friday. <laughs> Schedule release Thursday night. Okay. couple things. It's not a big deal. It's really not. It's something to talk about. But I, I got a bone to pick with the guy that says, why do we have to do all this? Why can't they just release the schedule? Well, guess what, dummy? Guess dummy. what guy saying that? They do. They did it last night at 8 o'clock. It's released right now for you. It'll be released tomorrow, Sunday, Monday, next week, next month, the next two months, the next three months. Go it's released. Google. It's there. Go look at it. It's simple. You don't have to get caught up in all the crap, all the leaks, all the rumors, all the rollout. Go do something else with your life. They released it last night. It's released today. There's got to be more stuff to complain about than that. Like me complaining about this. (laughs) So, Taylor Lewan tweeted yesterday, Taylor Lewan, the left tackle, all pro tackle for the uh, Tennessee Titans. He said, the NFL schedule reveal is so overrated. Just tell us who we are playing. They did! Last night at 8 o'clock! Rich Eisen quote tweeted that and said, it's window dressing for content. Kind of like having a show on a bus with no motor. A shot, a shot oh, at busting at the boys reference. Yeah, so a shot at Taylor Lewan and Will Compton who have a podcast on a bus with no motor, which I enjoy that podcast. But everything's really everything involving everything's overhyped. But everything in the NFL is overhyped. They started doing this. It's probably ten to fifteen years old now, where they start 
I guess probably the introduction of the NFL Network, where they said, "Hey, we we got 24 hours. Let's do a live show and break the schedule down." Okay, it, it's overhyped, but if you are a traditionalist and you just want to see the games, guess what? Eight o'clock last night through the rest of time you can go look at the schedule you know what i wish they would do what do you wish all right so like a couple of months ago it might have even been during the season i can't remember but they announced like who the home opponents opponents are are. yeah and the away opponents of course you know you're playing your division teams i wish they would wait until the schedule release to tell us who we were playing so it's well, even more dramatic more exciting because so, yeah. you already know the opponents. you know who the opponents are you're just like but you oh, can already figure it you out already because, know anyway because there's a system now that, I, I don't know if the if the nfc so i'm an nfc east guy i don't know if nfc southwest north if that rotates every year but i guess it does i do know that every year the afc conference uh division rotates mm-hmm. right so every four years you're playing that division yeah i also know that if you finish last in your division you are playing the other last place conference teams from your conference uh, division teams from your conference so you pretty much know anybody you just don't know who's home and away that would be the only surprise of it all yeah i miss the good old days of low def tv analog uh, reception and uh, where I could only watch three channels. Oh, and and also where I had to be at a destination at a specific time to watch things. Because my world, mom won't record it for me on the VCR. Yeah, there was uh, the world was just so much better. Those Taylor are called one. the good old days. The Tony. good old days of like, um, man, we have to watch cartoons on Saturdays. There is something nostalgic about um, releasing the schedule just with on a piece of paper for me going to <laughs> food line or um the bookstore or the pharmacy or whatever during a july day or june late june early july day and checking out that magazine section mm-hmm. and seeing the nfl magazine out where that had all the yeah, schedules there was something awesome about using the card catalog too <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know i like gum in my uh baseball cards turns out i bought a lot of cheap tops baseball cards back i wonder how much that gum has killed people over the years i'm healthy well sort of your voice killed some brain cells <laughs> yeah man yeah chad says just here to try to get my name on the radio will clip say it i just did we say wow. it all the time you're such a chad you're probably the biggest chad i know i get really irritated and I'm not going to yell and scream like Clip please, did. Please do. I mean, I kind of need to wake up, maybe. I need like a bang energy drink or something. Uh-huh. You got one? You always I have ju- one. I just finished one. <laughs> it takes me about half the day to finish it. <laughs> Does it? I don't know why. up the walls. Um, but isn't it funny where people who make a living in an industry and benefit from our constant eyes and attention are like, I can't believe we're overdoing this. <laughs> Taylor Lewan. Yeah. Our attention to your unimportant game. Other things I can't believe that a guy that does what you do for a living, which is kind of press your hands against a man. His boobs. uh, 18 times a year, you're touching a man's breasts and you're wearing these funny suits, like these funny matching clothing. Yep. Tight. You're fat and you wear tight clothes. And you do that 
and make millions you get paid as much as you do to do that you want to talk i mean we could really break down what doesn't make sense yeah i mean this world our attention to this don't worry it's not the twitter video that's ridiculous (laughs) that is the least ridiculous thing about the sport of football american football all right uh man i'm into these videos we'll get to the schedule in a moment but i was showing tony who uh slacker who's a very educated man he is a professor at pitt but uh came in here today like a total mimbo a man bimbo and he's watching this video with his mouth agape i don't understand any of this um the char- so every team's putting out social media videos these days i feel like the panthers were one of the leaders in this from you remember they did the was it the donkey kong one or something like that yes the old nintendo we've done, we've done retro uh the past few years yeah we, we were on this uh retro thing before it was a thing and it's a copycat league that that goes to the uh what's on the field and now what is off the field because every team is trying to put out something cool and unique and the chargers won this year's schedule release video they did it anime style which i've never watched any anime stuff but they have references of every team they're playing and some of those references were they're playing the jaguars so they had a anime cartoon of an individual sitting at a bar shoulder slunched over with the uh the low-cut boat shoes or whatever it was urban meyer wearing a jaguar head brilliant same and same outfit that he had same on exact in the video. Color outfit uh yeah it had their matchup with russell wilson and the broncos it said let russ cook on a headband and in the background Invesco, Mile High, Sports Authority, whatever the hell they call their stadium now, is on fire. On fire. Which was on fire. It, it, it happened. They played Just the Falcons. They had a blackbird running into the Waffle House sign, and the sign said 28% off three waffles or more. Which means the score in the Super Bowl. Did where they you chug. know that? Yeah. You knew yeah, that? Yeah, Chandler knew that immediately. There's people uh, out there that might not know. probably a big old doofus that didn't understand that yeah. reference. Who was that guy? Nobody in this room. <laughs> uh, what is the reference to Waffle House? Is there is there one? It's a southern chain, Atlanta. Yeah, South. I mean, they could have went like Hardee's or something. Or uh, oh boy, I feel like that would have been the Panthers, right? Didn't yeah. Jerry Jones, uh, um, Jerry, Jerry Jones, Jerry Richardson. Uh, he founded Hardee's. No. What do they call Hardee's west of the Mississippi? Carlos Junior. That is correct. Uh, what do they call Checkers? What's the other name for Checkers? I don't know. In-N-Out Burger? I believe it's Rallies. Anybody? Uh, rallies. That makes sense. Anybody want to confirm that? Che- uh, CJ's on? You know, I used to eat some Checkers back in the day. Like, cause you get, like, a lot of food for five bucks. You know why I'm not a big Checker head? Because of the location. That's a tough in and out. out of. Man, he is edgy today. <laughs> Can you say that on here? They had another reference. Y'all kind of spoke over me, so nobody heard it. Good. Um, mm. Salty clip. A little salty. All right. Pat is one of our most intelligent people I know. All right. Oh, I know he liked anime. They knocked the uh, W off. The so, Waffle House? So now he's saying aw- Awful House? Awful is awful. Hmm, I didn't catch that one. I thought they were just kind of knocking out a W as a win. 
but Pat's to you know what Pat if I miss some things please help me now, out now everybody can kind of interpret it in their own way <laughs> oh, I, no. I like that it's kind of like in English like no if I miss something if I miss something I'm just a moron but Clip misses something and it's like oh man I love how everybody can add to the conversation looking at these release videos it's like going into an art museum and going hmm I think it's this. <laughs> I think it means Did this. Did you see the painting with the three black lines in the middle of the so white paper? Warshak, yeah. Warshak. What does that mean it to you? It really spoke to me. Yeah. It talked about our society really as a whole, I think. All right. Uh, also, there was Kyler Murray deleting his social media posts. So the Chargers win. Very good. Awesome references. Other ones, Tony, you want to check out if you got time. The Jets have this cartoon and kind of like bad animation and did sam darnold draw it oh did, is he the pa- the famous panthers yeah. mascot drawing? like the first thing we had him do when we signed him which should have been a foreshadow to the disaster <laughs> it was was him trying to draw the logo of the carolina panthers and it was the it was terrible but they used bad animation and had real audio of like play-by-play speeches pump-up speeches and like put them out of context into other situations pretty pretty clever the commanders at first i thought was very weak but then i realized maybe this uh anger management rage room stuff is a new trend there's one in greenville now you knew that <laughs> tony do you advertise this is funny let's get out of this is hilarious because tony actually does listen to pirate radio a lot he brings up references that we talk about during yeah. the week uh really the last month or so do you ever watch them a huge thursday segment is the anger oh, management no. rage room well, I mean, okay <laughs> but no I, I, i'm late to the party i'm not blaming you for anything but i tell you what you 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 do know that there is one, and it's right here on Clark Street. Yeah. So, and uh, yesterday Chandler's rage was Cam Newton not getting a birthday wish shout out from the Panthers. Really? All right, cool. We'll talk about that later. Uh, so the Commanders did a rage room type setup and just smashed a, a bunch of stuff. So cool. I didn't love it at first. I guess I like it a little more as we move on. It was I thought not the Panthers one was long. Um, it was like a movie. The Panthers did a <laughs> 90s throwback. They really, all of these teams are leaning into their demographic, which is, you know, 30 to 55 year old men. You know, is that that's kind of where the lane of the NFL is. So you see the 90s references are um, big in all of this stuff. I mean, Dragon Ball Z, all this 90s stuff like that they really like to go to the well with the nintendo stuff oh yeah that's a good point that's the age uh they're reaching out to right now um the falcons used a rube goldberg machine so a domino hits a marble and it goes down a thing and they use that that was it was all right uh the broncos i didn't i mean i need to rewatch it it was basically russell wilson basically saying we have a new quarterback doing and, stuff uh, this is our schedule wasn't that great packers used a golden tee the motif the the thing okay. you see in tiebreakers the yeah. popular uh golf video game mm. panthers 90s throwback the lions did you see the lions this, this yeah. one was my favorite right. so I'll watch it at the do break. you know the viral video of the african-american police officer security guard who does the personal defense safety technique oh yeah they had that guy 
doing different techniques of stripping the ball and doing stuff. Oh, like and the actual. It was the actual. The guy? actual guy oh. was doing it. Nice, and it was pretty funny. Got to give him credit for that. Anytime you can bring in a celebrity or just a viral star, that's a that's a good move. And that's what his next team did. Was the Broncos one? Was it just Russell Wilson trying to break out the schedule out of Jerry Judy's car? Oh, too soon. Too soon. That was good. Uh, Cowboys brought in Stephen A. Smith. Notorious cowboy hater. Right. And he just rant and raved and did a thing. The Cowboys were like, hey, help us release our schedule. better than bringing in Skip Bayless. I agree. I like when teams lean into the joke and all that. Uh, The Vikings... This is not as creative, but I like it. They brought in a legend. You remember John Randall, defensive tackle, used to have the eye black all down and was just a wild man, great soundbite guy. Purple people eaters. Nope, he was not. That was before this. Um, John Randall did their schedule, did some skits. I thought it was cool bringing in a guy like that. And then the Bills went way out there, Eric Andre show style, just surreal, like none of it makes sense it's a guy eating wings it's a guy eating birthday cake with his hands there's a guy playing a bad guitar and it's just surreal comedy like it's not even funny it's just why are all these people doing this stuff yeah and then it's like josh allen josh allen comes in and goes and the guy eating wings has wings and ranch all over him and he just starts rubbing josh allen's hand <laughs> and it's very creepy and strange and josh allen says and he's like here's our schedule yeah and then it pops up on the screen he's like what is all but this it, but nothing if you know what the eric andre show is yeah you get it and it's funny which i i didn't realize until halfway through i was like oh i see what they're doing because then the music from that show starts to kind of appear um but they're kind of taking a risk there doing that because i feel like a lot of people so Don't this is a is. new thing to go outside of your organization and get some sort of cameo star appearance type thing. So I think now the Panthers have to line up Mr. Beast. North Carolinian? Yeah. I mean, He's next done. year he oh, would do... And do like skits with the players like, if you do this, I'll let you play the Falcons week one. Yeah. And he has to do a certain task. Perfect. We just already got next year's why, video. Why do we do this free idea stuff? I know. Every day. They'll, Beast, they'll make all the money and we'll just up. sit here and talk on Yeah, the and radio. we'll watch this movie and be like, oh man, I wish they would just release the schedule on a piece of paper again. I got an idea. Okay. Troy knows Mr. Beast's first name. Every time it's brought up, he says, that's Jimmy. I've touched him. He's my He's friend. He's touched Jimmy. So we can probably get Jimmy. We need to probably. do the ECU schedule release. We'll do a, Just make a pirate radio video that'll go viral, that'll go huge. And then somewhere, if he could just give me like $30,000 in, in this video, that would be pretty cool, Well, it'll too. probably like fall out of his pocket during the day at some point. Love it. Yeah, it's it. time to pick it up. Yeah. Um, then that all those they, dollars will be attached yeah, to strings, the, and he'll pull them, and we'll end up in some crazy room. Hey, I'm in. Count me in. They did uh, a video at Bank of America Stadium with Cam Newton one time, and actually set some court, sort of uh, world record for something. Really, was Mr. that a birthday Beast? present? Mr. Beast, yeah. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, what was it? Yeah, I, that was a good. One. Thank you. Um, longest caught pass by a guy that was blindfolded. Okay. And Cam Newton's the one that threw the ball. So. Yeah, so there's already a connection, Tony. Yeah. yeah. Tony. I'm on to something. That was a good call there. 
All right. So, hey, kudos to these people. These are like, I bet the majority, if not all of these people that made these videos probably aren't even football people. They are content people, social media people that were hired by these companies to do something fun, creative, unique. And it's, I I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, Panthers did include. Thomas Davis, Thomas Davis new, but he was uh, ice cream truck that he had. Oh, now. he owns ice cream truck. I didn't know that. I don't know if that's actually a thing or what, but um, they actually the Panthers showed a video like a behind the scenes, and the production that went in behind that video was like it was like a movie scene. It was like yeah. a, you know they were getting ready to film a movie. Well, when and, the big uh, dog makes those great videos for us, he's oh, not yeah. just shooting and throwing it up. Oh, there. I know. It's a lot of work. I know. Do you know? I know. You know what? I know. All right. <laughs> Voice is getting high. I know a little bit for sure. Uh, uh, NFL news as we take a break, Shirley Rhodes. Shirley did some. You got something? I was going to. What do you got? No. What do you, what do you, what you got? got? What do you got? Bring right. it. Bring right. it. Jarvis Landry is going to the New Orleans Saints. Hmm. I don't know if that's what you saw. No, that was not. Oh, okay. Landry to the Aints. I still don't know how to feel about the Saints with Jameis. I, f- I think I'm getting tricked into doing what I've done for the last three years, which is expecting a drop-off. You know, it's like, and it, went, it hasn't come yet. I mean, last year was the first one, first bit, but that was because they had an injured quarterback. Each well, year I thought, oh, they're going to get old. There oh, their defense going to stink. Hasn't there? I don't really know if there has been. Their defense has been fantastic right. the whole time, and it just like uh, – I mean, they won without Drew Brees. They won with Drew Brees. I mean, it's kind of crazy that like Peyton Manning could barely throw a football, but had the best defense, and they won. Drew Brees at the end of his career could barely throw a football, and their defense won them games. Yeah. So, uh, just I, what if they played on those teams during the peak of their careers? If you know, oh, I know, been unstoppable basically. Uh, the news I was going to say, and Shirley did some sleuthing on this. Former East Carolina wide receiver Tyler Sneed is on the Pittsburgh Steelers rookie minicamp sheet, roster sheet. So he is getting a look, it appears. Nice. At least from that sheet. I have not talked to Tyler personally. I have not really seen it anywhere else. We just found a list of players who were at rookie minicamp for Pittsburgh. And speaking of Pittsburgh Steelers and white guys and short white guys and receivers... Former Pittsburgh Steeler and former Tar Heel, Ryan Switzer, is with the Carolina Panthers in their minicamp. Hmm. Did not know they that they uh, invited veterans as well to the rookie minicamps, but Ryan Switzer, former punt return specialist. Mislaid, man. Uh, all lies. All lies. Rookie minicamp, my butt. Yeah, really. He walks in, hello, fellow kids, and does all that. Uh, Susan says Thomas Davis also owns an upscale wine bar. Mm. She's going to be checking it out next time she's in Charlotte. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll come back when we return. We'll look at the uh, Panthers schedule. We'll see who has the most primetime games. All that fun stuff. Not the Panthers. (laughs) Well, uh, take a timeout, come back. More to go after this.
You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Now, back to the show. Welcome back uh, for the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner. Be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927FM. You can join the over 55,000 followers today. And speaking of breaking news, just got this moments ago. And uh, it looks like there has been a time change for Sunday's ECU game with South Florida. That game is now going to have a 12:30 start for Sunday afternoon. Clip. Well, okay. What time is it supposed to be? One o'clock, I think. <laughs> okay. And Sunday's. I, I just got. I just no, got the know, game. I know. I got it as well. And Sunday's supposed to be the prettiest day of the weekend. All right, twelve thirty. Plan accordingly. Um, yeah. So that's Sunday's game. So Saturday's game is still at four. Sunday's has moved up thirty minutes. And tomorrow's going to be a ugly day. Is it going to be raining again? That's what it looks like. Here comes the rain again, falling on your head rain. like a tragedy. All right. Uh, schedule release was last night. If you don't care about the hoopla, just look at the damn schedule. It's out simple as that easy peasy like why again it's like you could just not look at any of the videos like you're saying like, <laughs> I know. like you it's could just very do what simple. i did yeah. yeah like i didn't come in here and be like oh my god i can't believe they made all these videos i didn't watch tony uh gets his morning cup of coffee opens up the newspaper and <laughs> takes a look at it. all right so uh let's see what stands out if anything about the panther schedule uh first of all that's what it is how so i just feel like that first six weeks now i mean there might be some breaks like uh i think um i mean you might have cleveland without deshaun watson that'd be cool Uh, because you get them week one week one and then the matchups in there are pretty interesting iki aquanu his first test will be miles garrett you also have Hmm. jc horn coming back from the injury that he sustained last year he will be going up you would assume against the uh, new receiver for the Browns, Amari Cooper. Um, so just a couple of matchups there to keep an eye on. Cardinals tough. Week four, Cardinals won't have DeAndre Hopkins. That that There's is a helpful. Bonus yeah, if you want that. I just hate that. That's what we're rooting. You know, it's like yeah. thank God we don't have De- <laughs> Hopkins. But actually, you know what? I probably would be like that if he was hurt. Well, I wonder uh, what the odds are, Tony. What are they, in your opinion, on? Watson or Baker week one who you get I mean I think Watson's there like when are they going to come down with some kind of ruling what uh somebody took can you pull up the Cleveland schedule um someone said that the they thought the nugget of telling us when Deshaun Watson was is when they uh was going to be available with you start to see them load up primetime games in the schedule okay well let's, so let's take see, a look like at it. when they're one o'clock, one o'clock. When so they have a week three Thursday nighter against Pittsburgh. They Is have so isn't it like it maybe a six game suspension perhaps? Well, it could be two, it could be four, or it could be six, or it could be a whole season. Week eight, they do have a big one against the Bengals uh, at home on Monday Night Football, uh, and looks like that's it. Is that all? <laughs> so, okay, yeah. so not as big of a nugget as I thought. Yeah, and that's one of those. Unless where it's a two game suspension, and that first primetime game is. You know, sometimes you get nuggets, and like there's a little one, and they count it on how many you're supposed to get. That's how they get you, folks. Yes, that's how they get you. Um, Chandler, uh, I was going to say uh, the Panthers 
will catch a break two years in a row with the Cardinals. No DeAndre Hopkins this year when we faced them. Last year, they did not have Kyler Murray or DeAndre Hopkins. That's right. Hopkins. You're right. So, uh, yeah. I had a break. trivia question on Wednesday night. And, uh, Tony, you did pretty good on the – you didn't Some play, up. but you yeah. did pretty good on the NFL ones especially. But it was name all the Cardinals starting quarterbacks between when they drafted Matt Leinart and when they drafted Kyler Murray. And it was a bad list. It's a tough list. And some of those started at least one, like Ryan Lindley started a playoff game yeah. against you guys. And uh, they have had some some bad QB. I mean, Kurt Warner was a highlight. Um, Carson Palmer is a name. I think that was our 7-8-1 um, season where we not only did we back into the playoffs, but then got a home game. Against <laughs> Ryan Lindley. Yeah, uh, and a playoff I win. did pull Ryan Lindley out because I do remember that wild card game. Clip, I don't think you had Colt McCoy on that list. He started that game last year. And that's because Kyler Murray was drafted before Colt McCoy started that game last year. Salty Cliff. The question was... What was the question? Name the starting quarterbacks between when Matt Leinart was drafted and when Kyler Murray was drafted. I think you should retire from sports trivia. Cole McCoy started that game after Kyler Murray was drafted. I'm, I'm thinking about retiring. I think I, I think I need to retire. From you might. You'd be the second retirement of this week. <laughs> Big news That's, coming out of AJ McMurphy. Um, no, nah, you weren't the only team to say Colt McCoy, but as the question stated, Ooh. Colt McCoy. Has that makes sense. Loophole. Loophole. That is a loophole. that is a problem. Tony, we that call I have. that a. A, a loop. <laughs> loop hole. I have a uh, problem with that at AJ's uh, on Wednesday. Poor night. Shirley. It, it's, it's not. <laughs> she doesn't care. She's not. It's not, not reading the, the question carefully. Yeah, you got And that is key. Reading comprehension and, is and you key. have to rise to that that trivia standard. Speaking of Lou, saw some. Does see Luke Keekley on TV this week? Yes, you did. Twice. What's he doing? Yeah, he's working and for ESPN. He looks like he's going to be working for ESPN. Speaking of deals, how about Tom Brady's deal, Tony? I, We're kind of bouncing around here. Stay with love us, it, folks. Love Very it. Tell so. me some of the details about this. I hear it's like a crazy amount of money. Ten-year, $375 million, which they put that number beside his career earnings in the NFL. And it's more. And it's more. It's awesome. I mean, that goes back it to the did. Taylor Lewan You had stuff. to see, uh, like, a, I think it's Florio. Whoever runs the Pro Football Talk. Mike Florio. I mean, like, I guess he's running the uh, social media account some or something. I had some info. No, it's him. It's all in. And I have always said, I love, I wish the show was still on Pirate Radio because I love NFL Talk 24-7. Love the show. Do not like Mike Florio. He is a very, like, holier-than-thou, for no reason at all guy. He came out and said, can you believe playing a guy this much when you've never heard him behind the mic before? Like, yeah. if he's not going to be good. And you're like, uh, it's like uh, he could just be Joe Montana, they said. Everybody should be thanking Tony Romo for this because he became a star immediately. And now <laughs> Drew Brees got a deal and he kind of stinks. Like, he's very boring. Maybe he'll get better, but he was not good. Um, Romo and Greg Olson is good. And we'll probably have a long future as a color guy, I would think. But this is, I think, a lot based off of Romo and the big hit he was to go right to the number one chair and be an absolute stud at it. Well, and Tom Brady does have a lot of radio uh, experience. You know, what He's I mean? on he does with Jim Gray every Monday Every night. Monday, and you yeah. can catch that on Pirate Radio. Good, great plug. 
So he does. and So he's not like he's not behind the mic at all. I would prefer to see Tom Brady on one of those morning shows where like, um, not like The View, but like Good Morning America or something like that. You know where they do the... Um, they'll have the guest cook come in. Yeah, yeah. And it's like uh, at an eight uh, eight o'clock in the morning, and they have to eat some real meal. And like you see these people going and pecking at it and stuff, and they're eating this. I would just love to see Tom Brady be forced to eat regular food oh, on yeah. television. He'd be like, "I'm sorry, this is not on the TV twelve. <laughs> yeah, it's, menu <laughs> can't do it. Yeah, it'd be like fake. Take a bite. That's a good point. That's a uh, yeah. So Brady uh, will be a part of. Uh, the number one team for Fox because Buck and Aikman are going to Monday Night Football on ESPN. Washington has a game on Amazon Prime this year. And if do the Panthers have a Thursday nighter? Yes, against the Falcons. Is that Amazon Prime? Mm. Is it got to be after a certain Prime game? video? Nice. And nice. that will be, do you know who's calling that game, Tony? Um, hold on. Somebody got a big contract with Prime. Two guys did that have never worked together before. Tarico? No, he's going to be Sunday Night Football, right? Yep. I like you. Al, Al Michaels and a college football guy, when you think about his name, Kurt, Kirk Herb Street. Street. Yeah. Well said, Chandler. You got through that I, almost that perfectly. Was, that was terrible. <laughs> Al Michaels. <laughs> Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit. A burgly, a burgly, a burgly. Thank you. Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit. <laughs> That's the team. All right, I have a quick question. Why is it so hard for them to get these crews right? You know, it's like, how is it that they well, I don't necessarily think they're wrong. Monday night. Now, Monday night has been an issue. And then they finally just get two guys that are that do it well the top dogs yeah this is I like uh Tarico, it's like not michael where why don't they just use these dudes that are good at it and they have, have kind of just it's all about the money dance oh well see this was probably an issue i think they they had it right with Tarico, but he left for nbc right yeah and it might have been more money i don't know and he was kind of underutilized at nbc for a while yes. but Tirico. maybe they told him you are next in line to michael's and he is going to slide right in there and probably kill it. This is not the first time this happened with ESPN. You remember when we were first when we were coming up, Tony? It was Al and Dan Deerdorf and the old Giants player, uh, Kathy Lee. What was Kathy, Regis and Kathy Lee? What was Gifford? Kathy Lee's like? Gifford. Gifford. Frank Gifford. Frank Gifford, Al, Dan, Frank. And then it went to Al and John Madden. Right, which was like the golden The golden era. standard. And then, uh, you know what? I might have got that. When did like the Dennis Miller and Kornheiser and all that oh, crap start? Gosh. Because they messed it up for a while there. And I think fixed it with Al and Madden. Yeah. Finally got okay. back to that. So this is like the second time in a cycle where ESPN's like, you know what? We just need to put some damn Hall of Famers in there yeah. and call it a day. Yes. So, right. And that's what they've done. So You got to wonder how they're going to, how ESPN is going to survive through all these changes, you know, with the TV contracts in the future horizon, the new players like Amazon. Some people are saying, I mean, really the direct TV contract now is up for bids. And it's not going to be... Sunday Ticket's going to go to, like, Apple TV or something? Now i got to get another thing. Yeah. I mean, that's better than having to get DirecTV. You better go ahead and get it now. It's pretty cheap. Really? And I wonder if it's going to, like, how what it's going to look like. Dude, like when I got Hulu, you mean? When the, when I started with Hulu, it was $44, now it's 70 mm. for the live TV. 
are you grandfathered in no I'm guessing not no <laughs> um so is that gonna be that's got to be another service it's not gonna be like prime video where if you got prime you can watch the nfl game right wouldn't it, uh you know actually it would be a fantastic way to just bring in a billion users hell yeah you know it's yeah. like and not charge 250 bucks for the ticket but yeah. just say hey we want apple subscribe because you're not going to cancel App- apple tv at the end of the season right or i wouldn't if it was like a 20 dollars a month or something 15 dollars a month yeah um i mean amazon prime they're not charging extra for the games no. They're trying to get people to come in. ESPN Plus, you can watch everything, but they do have those pay-per-views that are up there. That's an additional price. Yeah. So, I don't know, Tony. Maybe for year one, they just say, all you got to do is subscribe to Apple TV and you get the ticket. It um, would be a way to bring people... See, I don't have Apple products so to me like even getting Apple TV seems strange. Like I have to open my mind to the idea it's not... Nah, it's just, it's just a streaming channel, service. Yeah, basically. it's just a streaming service. But that, I think the branding, would that would help the branding. And just, um, I know we're all over the place, but like <laughs> as you see the stock market do crazy stuff this week and Netflix has just been demolished, they still have something like um, 10 times the amount of subscribers as like the next, chan- like HBO Max or, you know, it's like uh, they're adding 250 million subscribers and the other ones are at like 30. Well, we talked about this too. Netflix... A, it was like the first. Yep. And B, it is the easiest to use and the smartest. Like, there's, and I have them all, and it is, it bums me out, but like, there are shows and things that I like on each one. And now I'm like, I'm overwhelmed by them. I know. But I would go, like, my default, if I don't know what I want to watch, is Netflix because it's so easy to use. And it's like an old shoe at this point. It's friendly. It's yeah, user, user friendly. friendly. And the algorithm, man, is just a, is great. And then like it, once you realize when it says 98%, that doesn't mean it got 98% likes. It means it's matched to your brain. 98% like yeah. match for you. And that's actually my knock with the other street, particularly HBO Max, I think is like the worst platform. It's like so cumbersome and awful to navigate. Which is probably has the best pound for pound. Do you think? I think it's overrated. Well, if well, once you see those HBO shows, you're probably not gonna go back to them. Right. But let's say you're starting from scratch. If you, you got a good couple of heavy hitters. The Wire, with. Game of Thrones, Sopranos, everything ever that's been on HBO. Plus the new movie releases with the Batman which and is Joker awesome. and um, Dune, which I have not watched, but like I think pound for pound, it's probably the best just because of all that. They content. do have a good deep catalog, man. The wire, like when you, whenever you get to throw the wire out, it's like we win. Chad says I miss Booger on Monday Night Football. He's not on the broadcast anymore, so you can't see him on the broadcast. So I miss him telling me what I already know. Uh, <laughs> well the, done. He really saved that tweet. The uh, Booger Mobile was the thing. You remember they like Booger? We don't want you in studio this year. In we want in you the, we're gonna drive it around on this ATV. It's like it's literally we're gonna jack up a go kart. <laughs> it's like the um, thing that camera people use. The um, what's the term? like some sort of crane yeah i don't know what it's called uh boy we have talked a lot about nothing today and we're well, almost good, out of time there's nothing to talk about that other is than, true. oh wait all these really cool uh schedule release videos that we they that. shouldn't have done uh we'll talk more about the panthers not giving cam newton a birthday wish oh wow uh, i would i would love to hear tony's take on that and travesty <laughs> 
Taylor. You better get mad. <laughs> as much as you love Cam Newton, you better get mad. I, oh, don't you worry. <laughs> I'm going to get mad. Get mad, baby. Get mad. We'll be back and wrap up Hour 2 with Tony Dunn, CarolinaCatChronicles.com on a Free Beer Friday, giving out some Margaritaville Tropical Punch today on the show. We're back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Did you miss a show on Pirate Radio? Well, you can listen to all of Pirate Radio's archived local programming by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify. Subscribe today by going to the podcast app on your iPhone or Apple device and search for Pirate Radio Audio Archives. Now, let's head back in to PRL. Here is your host, Cliff Brock. All right, back with you here at Pirate Radio Live on a Friday. Somebody's going to be wasted away again in Margaritaville. Uh, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, Margaritaville Tropical Punch. Uh, gonna, can be yours if you are the lucky caller in hour number three. Um, oh, Sim. Is Sim throwing some shade on Cam Newton here on a Friday? Uh, Tony's ang- We got Tony angry, uh, Chandler, because Sim says, Did you say Cam and Mr. Beast made a video about the longest pass to a blindfolded receiver? Cam would have to be blindfolded too just to hit an open receiver. Hell! Panthers fans, your thoughts? I don't respond to people that don't have a profile picture. Mm. Egghead, as they used to call it. Interesting take. Uh, Chandler? Anything for Sim? I just I don't know. Went to the Super Bowl with uh, without Kelvin Benjamin and a bunch of no names. You look uh, a little salty. I mean, why don't you have the decency to capitalize your own dang name? <laughs> All right. So I'm just take, gonna look up his stats. T- taking shots uh, back at uh, Tony yesterday in a segment that is very popular that we've been doing the last few weeks the anger management it's rage called room. anger management rage room did you hear there's a rage there's room there's one here, here in <laughs> uh anger mgmtnc.com for more information well done chandler uh was there not too long ago said they had a new subaru in there you could tear up i need to go actual car oh yeah they have two rooms with a car in each one grab you a baseball bat just go to town i think my go-to would be a like a golf club all right. I think that would be a good go-to. You're for, a, uh, uh, what's uh, Tiger's ex-wife? Yeah. <laughs> Elian, what was her name? Eh, don't know. Rich. Um, <laughs> call me Rich for short. Uh, his rage, Chandler's rage yesterday was Cam Newton uh, did not get a birthday wish from the Panthers. He was very upset about it. And you should have seen or heard the just beatdown that I got from that from what from us saying why he should not get a birthday shout out from the panthers what Man. do you think um yeah i think i'm i'm gonna probably side with clipping them on this one why <laughs> why <laughs> golly i was afraid this because, was because i'll let like, tony say why look if we get, who cares well there's that but also I mean, okay, he's not, but, he's not but, with but, the team right now. He's an active player. They're still in negotiations together, potentially, they say, which everybody, I'm just tired of hearing it, period. And on Thursday, Tony, the Panthers did wish Steve Smith a happy birthday. Okay. 
Why did they do that? Because he's retired and That's eligible one reason. for the Hall of Fame and now back on good terms with the team. And he's on the preseason radio team, right? Yeah. He's like affiliated yeah. with them. Okay. All right. I I'm think, still going to be I mad think, I think Cam Newton needs to retire before they can. You know, Matt, would you want them to wish him a happy birthday if he was like on the Falcons? Like if he signed a one-year deal with the Falcons? But Cam Newton's not on a team right now. Okay. I think it would also create this stir, too, of, oh, are the Panthers bringing Cam back and this and that. I think see, it was now, more, I, I can see that. You I don't think want, you got more you, of a point when they didn't give him the farewell announcement. I know. I know. Look, and I see that, and I didn't even think about that, that there is a potential situation to bring him back and do all that kind of stuff. And maybe they didn't want to trigger some sort of, you know, because there is fans out there that take just uh, – the little thing, One thing. And, and run with it so i could see that that's us All so right. i mean i, mean, I like, understand I but mean, i'm still can you upset. imagine I mean, a I'm, fan that would watch a team's social media account and then see them not post a birthday announcement and run with that <laughs> that would be i mean there are fans like that we call those fanatics wackadoodles nut jobs that's what we are though that's i'm the same way i'm at a, to the point like this is like because the reason i don't want it i don't care is because every time we got to hear this sims guy <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's like Chandler, it's, it's, look, i need a break i like having fun at your expense taking the other side because it's fun but if you could see the amount of time i've wasted yelling into the black void that is washington's social media account on on twitter I've wasted probably three, four years of his life of and tweets. And social media has only been around since 2009. Yeah. So, dude, I, I'm with you, man. This particular okay. instance, you sound like a complete and utter moron. No, he just sounds like a good friend of Cam Newton. I sound like a you moron. Care. Yeah. No, you don't sound like a moron. I'm saying yes. All right, you're taking it too far by calling me a moron he's, because I have a love and respect for this quarterback. He's already been so much fired this past week. Who got fired? Chandler. Oh, from being a commissioner? Yeah. That was last week, and that was a disaster. <laughs> I know. I mean, that, and I'm so glad that I'm out of that office, and I'm glad that the situation's over, quite frankly. I think you should have thrown a burger at Troy and said I quit, like in how and Half-baked. How, half-baked, yeah. yeah. Another mid-90s movie yeah. reference for Tony Dunn to get out today. <laughs> all right, Tony, uh, we didn't really break down the schedule release at all. We'll nope, have, not, a, we got, not one bit. We got something to talk about next week, though. We'll have all off-season to do that. Uh, C3 Podcast. You said you had your shortest show of the year, which still went over two hours. Yeah, I was about was to like say it was two, still probably two and a half hours. Two, two hours on the dot. But we're day. getting to the lean times. Well, and that's bad because like June and like July is really lean. But that's when they open up the camps and stuff. Yeah, but. they have rookie mini camps right now. So there'll be like three days. Aren't they only like three days or something like that? It's not long. So you'll see them. They did a couple of interviews. I saw Matt Corral talking and stuff like that uh, to the media. So you get a little bit of that. And then we'll have a month, I feel like, before you get the next set of workouts. And then another month i think at that point to get the training camp and if yeah. is king then they'll have some sort of stuff well you know out. you're watching this is this is the time where no news is good news i'd it's, say it for a reason and i repeat it and broncos fans are finding it out today no which news is by good the news way season. that story don't is like a nothing burger yeah it sounds like a spat and it wasn't like a serious one but like he just wouldn't unlock his car he was <laughs> mad at his girlfriend girlfriend 
because she did something so he in return wouldn't unlock his car for her to get some items or something so yeah and they just probably went went inside and oh yeah misdemeanor man it's probably gonna this is the problem this is what happens with no i probably shouldn't say that no we're out of time call the police people get arrested all right uh we have a surprise guest coming up jill jelnick former east carolina softball player uh who is on the call this week uh in greenville with espn plus she has moved on i believe she's in the nashville uh network because she tweets a lot about yeah she's with uh fox nashville fox 17 in nashville tennessee tweets about the titans and stuff uh but jill said they just wrapped up and they're gonna be she's gonna join us on the show when we return so we'll talk to her for a few minutes any thoughts on why we still just have the old microphones like how this hasn't changed in society yet. Hmm. Like why don't they just get the little telephones still... have changed. Microphones over the years, and there's some that look, but the stand-up <laughs> microphone has stood the test but, of time. Uh, interesting. Uh, great comment. Great. You know, you can't bring up great points like that when we got to go because we could talk we about this for go. an hour. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. Hour three. Brian North, Greeny, and Jill Jelnick. Will join us when we return Pirate Radio Live on a Friday after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. and is the best place to watch your favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town, along with sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. Tiebreakers in Greenville at Bell's Fork and in downtown Winterville on Railroad Street. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. All right. The uh, tough thing about live radio is sometimes your guests, uh, you know, schedules can change. They'll have other obligations and won't be able to come on but the great thing about live radio is sometimes uh, guests can the schedules change and things happen and they're able to join you while you're on uh, live radio we had hoped to talk to jill jelnick today softball schedule got moved around uh, a little bit and she's done for uh, the day out at uh, max r joiner family stadium calling games at the american athletic conference softball championships and she's able to join us for a few minutes uh her old stomping grounds at east carolina former ecu softball player now working in uh at fox nashville tennessee and uh she is on the call this weekend for the games and jill it is great to have you back in greenville and great to have you back on pirate radio how you doing I'm great and even better now I'm back on pirate radio I'll be honest when I knew I was coming into Greenville I thought two things one I hope clip calls me I hope I get the call so I can jump on the show and two I hope Brian Bailey steps aside so I can jump in his sports cast for a second on channel nine my old station but that's okay I'll uh I'll hopefully <laughs> later but um hey one out of two ain't bad and I'm pretty sure if you offered <laughs> Bailey would take the night off and let you slip right in there I know, right? He's nervous that uh, if he if I get in there, I won't leave. But <laughs> no, I'm I'm super excited to be back in Greenville. Haven't been back in a in a while, and I'm actually literally sitting in the bleachers at Joiner Stadium. I've been here 
since 7 a.m., but I actually still don't want to leave because this place just has so many memories for me. And Oh, and I also asked USF, South Florida, and uh, Wichita State to hurry it up just so that I can jump on this call. So you're welcome. What a, uh, what a veteran. What a legend. And uh, that is pretty neat, Jill, that you're able to get back to, again, where you had so many softball games as an East Carolina Pirate. So how did you – you, uh, once again, are, are in Nashville now, Nashville, Tennessee. So how did you get the call to, to be the, uh, the voice for these games, these uh, AAC championship games here in Greenville? Yeah, quick, to be honest, since I got into sports broadcasting, I've really, and again, thanks to Greenville and WNCT, that's where my journey started, started with local sports, but then I kind of got the opportunity to jump in some softball games and be an analyst for a couple collegiate softball games right when E-plus started to become big. They needed more analysts, and I was like, hey, I I would love to, to talk about a sport that I put my blood, sweat, and tears in for four years, and so... A couple years ago when I was in Chattanooga, I jumped on some E-plus games. And then each stop of my journey, Chattanooga, then San Antonio for three years, and now Nashville, I've been able to kind of balance that freelance work of being an analyst for ESPN Plus on top of of my my local sports job. I'm in Nashville now, as you mentioned. I'm the sports director at Fox 17, which definitely keeps me on my toes. But I, I always try hard to to put in uh, some softball games in my schedule, even if it's on my off days. So the spring season is definitely a busy time for me, but I'm telling you, when I do these games, it doesn't feel like work. It's so <laughs> much fun seeing these girls out here going all out, especially the tournament time, which I always have a personal connection to because my first year, 2011, was the last time ECU softball won the tournament. <laughs> it was here in Greenville. First year the stadium was ever broken into we won the tournament and went to regionals and that was actually the last time ec softball made it to the ncaa postseason tournament so i i love that in my job i'm able to kind of keep in touch and touch base with that former athlete self of mine that's awesome and we're trying to get back and hopefully shane winkler can be the guy that uh, brings this program back into a regional and i said this uh jill and and hopefully this tournament will be back in greenville once shane winkler is able to put his stamp on the program it was awesome he could have it year one here but you bring it back here three or four years from now could be a different story than east carolina going one and done as they did on thursday losing to a very good pitcher uh, and a very good team for south florida so what's your take uh on coach winkler and this softball program i know jill more than anything you want to see this program succeed Oh, Cliff, you couldn't have said that better yourself. I, I really, it's been hard watching, you know, ECU softball go through its roller coaster, but I've had the privilege of working with Coach Winkler and, and calling a couple of ECU, ECU's games this year, a couple in Knoxville when they faced the Lady Vols. And so I've been following their season maybe more closely this year than before. And I'm telling you, Coach Winkler, they're, they're, he has something special about him. He is so passionate about not just bringing the, that glory, that, that promise back to ECU softball, but he wants to do it the right way. And every time I talk to him, the first thing he mentions is we're building the culture the right way. We have to build a winning culture, but to do that, we got to break everything down and build a strong foundation. And that starts with having strong relationships with his players, recruiting, who, which I know he has some exciting players coming in and and just doing things the right way, it's hard. This is a very hard conference. American conference is so competitive. It's the sixth best conference in collegiate softball. And so 
to be in the middle of a rebuild, really the first stages of a rebuild is tough when you're facing number 16 UCF and Georgina Corrick with South Florida. It's so tough, but he's driven, he's passionate, goal-oriented, and, and he has a great pedigree and some great coaching staff as well um, to back up what he's doing. So I, I'm just excited. I think the future is really bright for, for Pirate softball. Jill Jonick joining us on the Pirate Radio Live line. Jill, who is uh, left standing after Friday's action? Who's uh, going to be playing for a championship? Yeah, championship tomorrow, I believe, at 9 a.m. It's going to be 16th-ranked UCF, the regular season American softball champions, against the number three seed South Florida. Georgina Corrick did a nice job today, and they were able to, to hold off Wichita State, who came in as the number two seed. So South Florida with a, a little bit of an upset over Wichita State today, an exciting one-run game. Um, all these games have been really exciting. But UCF against South Florida, if anybody listening is looking for some, some good softball or something to do tomorrow, come down to Joyner Stadium. I'm telling you, it's gonna there's going to be a lot of fireworks in this game tomorrow. It should be a good one. That is a uh, free event for folks to check out and a great way to start your Saturday. I'll be out at uh, Clark LeClaire coming up on Saturday afternoon and on Sunday and uh, might uh, stop by and check out that softball championship beforehand. Jill, uh, how about... Uh, outside of the uh, stadium, what are you what are you doing this evening? How, how are you going to spend your uh, your time back in Greenville? You got any old spots you want to hit? Well, I hit up Winslow's last night. Okay, it isn't Winslow's anymore? Correct. Fifty-seven's like wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I learned that, but luckily they still have that cinnamon um, raisin dip that I love with sweet potato fries. That's literally the only reason why I went back <laughs> for that sweet sweet cinnamon dip. So hit up that yesterday. And I'll be honest, I heard Shirley mention it, tiebreakers, that that was a place that, that I loved when I was um, a post-student post athlete. And so I think I might have to make Brian Bailey buy me a couple of rounds. He, I think he owes me, I'm sure, for something. But when he gets <laughs> done with his sports cast, we might head over to tiebreakers and love to see anybody else if they want to join us. There you go. Uh, sounds like a plan for a Friday evening. Jill Jonick joining us. Jill, so great uh, to, to get you on and talk with you. So what is, uh, I, I know the Titans are high on the priority list for what you cover now in Nashville. Uh, what, maybe some Vanderbilt? What all are you are you covering day-to-day uh, when you're at home in Nashville, Tennessee? Yeah, it's a great sports market, which is why I was so attracted to Nashville in the first place. The Titans just coming off of, their second straight AFC South title. They definitely dominate the market. So Titans, basically, they run my schedule, especially in the fall. But then when I'm not running around for the Titans, I'll cover the Predators. They just lost the first round in the Stanley Cup playoff. That's it. You want to see a great sports environment, go to a Preds game at Bridgestone Arena. Because not only is it a fun game, great atmosphere, but then you step outside the stadium and you're on Broadway. So it's just a great, a great place to go watch a game and hang out downtown Nashville. Um, and then after that, you know, we got some other great uh, sports as well. We have an MLS team that's pretty young, doing well. National SC, Vandy Baseball. Oh, so much tonight. And fortunately, haven't been able to give them all that much love this year. But Tennessee Baseball, too. Yeah. Not too far, two hours away. I've, I've had the privilege of covering the balls. And Tony Vitello, he's a fun coach to cover. So some great baseball that I'm, that I'm able to cover in Nashville. And then, you know, we are one of the few stations clip that – give a lot of time to high school football. And I take a lot of pride in that because unfortunately with the direction that local sports is going, more and more markets are getting away from covering local sports. And it, it just breaks yeah. my heart, especially having started 
in a market in Greenville at Channel 9 where my bread and butter was was uh, Touchdown Friday. I That was how I got my first reps, and that's how I also got uh, to know the community more in Greenville and the different schools and towns and you know, so I, I have a very soft place spot in my heart for high school football, and I, I do a 30-minute high school football show Man. in the fall for 15 weeks. It's, it's brutal, but it, it, it is fun, and I'm so glad I get to give those um, local kids that extra coverage on Friday night. Well, I was going to say, uh, Brian Bailey's probably proud of you for multiple reasons, but hearing that uh, and you focusing on high school football, that, that just warmed his heart, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, Jill Jelinek joining us today. Jill, we'll let you go. Have fun the rest of your time here in Greenville. Have a great call on Saturday in the championship. Folks can go check it out for free or watch Jill on ESPN+. And uh, we'll certainly talk to you again down the road. It was great catching up with you today. Hey, Clip, real quick. The last time I was in Greenville, it was the end of my career. You had me on Pirate Radio, and it made my day talking about ECU softball. Thank you for the coverage that you give to not just ECU athletics, but women's sports and, and young women on the rise trying to, you know, tackle their careers. I just appreciate it. It was a memory I always uh, really, really loved, and thanks for giving me that. Happy to be here, and Take care. Have a great Friday night, y'all. Awesome. That is great to hear. Jill, thank you for uh, for that and uh, for joining us on the show today. We'll do it again down the road. Jill Jelnick, former Pirate great on the softball field and now doing uh, great things in sports media. All right, uh, Shirley Rhodes. Let's open up the, uh, the booty bag right now. Right now. Right now. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Margaritaville Tropical Punch. Have you tried it? I have not, and damn, they look tasty. I've been trying to convince Jonathan to let us have a like, taste. It away again. Like, you get one of those hot... Like, I want to try one. I want to try one when it's like 92, and I want that to be like ice cold. super ice cold. I want the mango. Give me the mango. I want the beach berry. I want to try I want the, the tango with the actually, mango. Actually, I want to try all three. All right, fair enough. Dang. All right, relax, Alki. Hey, hey, calm down. Hey. Shirley's like hammered. Doing the show. Hey, take, take you her. You know how very, very little what, I, what, what? I, I participate. Shut, shut, shut. Take what? her keys. Do you, take her keys away. Shut up. Shirley, Shirley where's your keys? Look at her. Uh, Shirley knows. Uh, Shirley Rose. On my belt loop, go for it, bud. <laughs> oh, I don't mind if I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what color? How many of these have y'all drank today? None. Uh, three, that one, seven, twelve, fifty. What color are you looking for, Shirley? Twelve must be twenty-one or over. Must be twenty-one or over. Fine print. We'll be back with more. Brian North joins us after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Watch all of Pirate Radio's local programming on YouTube Live. You can watch uh, Pirate Radio, uh, excuse me, Pirate Radio Live Monday through Friday from 3 until 6. And, of course, during football season, you can also watch the Bud Light pregame tailgate and U.S. Cellular fifth quarter on game days. 
Go to YouTube, search Pirate Radio TV, and then click on that subscribe button. Now back to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, let's head out to the Pirate Radio Live line. Get you ready for your sports weekend. Talk about what's going on with Brian North, uh, WCTI 12. He joins us on the Pirate Radio Live line. North, how you doing on this Friday? Uh, I'm here. Uh, it's the 13th, Clippy. I don't know if you subscribe to such things. Normally I don't, but it's been a day. Uh, my lovely daughter, Lily, was born on a Friday the 13th. So it's, it, she has not murdered me yet. So uh, I'm taking it as this is a, uh, a good day. I do not subscribe to the uh, murderous uh, Jason theories out there. Yeah, I usually don't. But when things start rolling, you know, it's just easy to blame. Because did you know the first Friday the 13th of the year is also... Uh, something like uh, blame something else for your problems day too. I don't know. It's something weird like that. But yeah, huh. so it's funny how that works. I guess. Yeah. Uh, North, you were the point man. You were the first and maybe the only uh, person talking about Barber Road and the local ties uh, that it has to Eastern North Carolina with its namesake in Lenore County. One of the owners. Uh, going to North Lenore, so it, you got me kind of captivated on this horse, and and uh, a lot of folks who listen to Pirate Radio as well. We were we talked about it a lot last week, and uh, and a pretty good showing in the Derby, right? I mean, had really long odds, ended up finishing I think sixth uh, last Saturday. Of course, the story of the Derby was Rich Strike, and a horse we didn't know was even going to run in that race pops up and ends up winning the thing with a dramatic comeback. But uh, as far as Barber Road goes, I thought a pretty good showing, right? A really good showing, uh, all things considered. And you talk about the the path through life uh, and how it determines where you finish. Barber Road and Rich Strike, whatever I can remember the name of the horse. That they were by each other, coming out of the gate. They were dead last, the two of them. And Barber Road ended up taking the wide trip around turns three and four, while the other horse stayed in the middle of the pack and just had the Red Seas open up at the right time and it went through. But that overhead cam, if you watch on that coming through turn four, Barbara Road and the horse that won ended up, they were stride for stride. They were smoking everybody down the stretch, but because Barbara Road ran outside and probably ran an extra 100 to 150 feet going mm-hmm. that way, uh, that's the difference between winning and sixth place. And what sucks about sixth place is the top five horses are in the money. Sixth place is your first uh, horse that doesn't get paid. That is a bummer. Yeah, I saw that. Uh the graphic they put up before the race now that you mentioned that and it had the top five and uh everybody else kind of left out of the dust there uh what are the are there any plans to run barber road in any of these uh your belmont or your preakness right so they've been pointing to the belmont all along they thought that was going to be the one race they wanted to run in because it's a the horse does well at longer distances the belmont's the longest race at a mile and a half so that's the one they were pointing to and then all of a sudden they went and qualified for the derby so I don't think he'll run in the Preakness, but I think if he's healthy and ready to go and all signs point to him being that way, I think the next thing you'll see him is at the Belmont, and then you'll probably see him a couple more times this summer, maybe at Saratoga, maybe the Travers, and then uh, maybe it does well at those races, uh, possibly Breeders' Cup after that. Yeah, I remember you mentioning that. The Belmont, that's more of a marathon than a sprint. Is that right, Brian? Yeah, the final, the, uh, the Triple Crown races, and that's why the Triple Crown's so hard to win not only is it three races in six weeks but the distance gets long at the end your longest race is the last one and so the horses are, are pretty tired and that's what makes it so hard to win and so this one this horse barbara road just seems to like the distance better it gets stronger as the race goes on and with the kentucky derby we saw that it was such a blistering pace coming out everybody else sprinted 
well, uh, the other horses just kind of laid back, and then they get stronger as the race goes on while everybody else petered out. So uh, they really think they have a chance in the Belmont, and so you know we'll have to wait and see. That's a few weeks away. They'll have to run the Preakness first. We already know there's not going to be a triple crown winner this yeah. year because the Derby horse winner is not going to. I didn't hear. I didn't get the explanation of why, but uh, I did hear it's not going to run at, at uh, the Preakness. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about that. Is that because you? <laughs> I don't know. Is it a health thing? Is it you know your horse can't win it, so why pay the entry fee? That is kind of interesting. That. Uh, well, it's, Everybody usually tries to run for the Triple Crown unless there's something wrong with a horse health-wise. Yeah. That would be – there must be something they don't like or you don't want to compromise the horse's health because running races that close together, if, if they haven't done it, if he's not trained to do so, it could be detrimental to his health. And then when you deal with that, you're talking about breeding and stud fees, and that's where you really make a lot of money on the back end. So it's something money-related. Uh, but I would think it has either an injury – or that they're just not confident the horse can be uh, recovered and ready to go that quickly. Brian North joining us. While we're talking racing, uh, let's stick with it. Joey Logano wins last week and uh, and gave a little bump to William Byron yeah. there at the end of the race. And explain this to my pea brain, Brian. Like, so racing fans like the, the dust-ups and, you know, if you're – if you ain't first or last, you got to do everything you can to win. Yet when I see something like this happen, and I don't know if it's these same race fans that say one thing, say the other, but it's, man, that's a bad move by Logano. What a bum. Why did he do that? So I don't understand. Like, what's good? What's bad? What, you know, I, help me out here. In this day and age of confirmation bias clip, it's uh, what is good for us. So okay. it's probably how much you like uh Joey Logano, I can remember back in the Earnhardt days when he would do the same thing. If you loved Earnhardt, it was a great move, you know. But that's racing. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> racing, right? Uh, uh, bumping and grinding, do what you got to do. But if you don't like him, you know, it's dirty. The only issue I, I think I have with Logano, he did it in the turn. You know, one of so, the golden rules is you're not supposed to bump guys going into a turn. Maybe at the beginning to drive him up the track a little bit. Logano's claim was that. Byron had just done the same thing to him a lap or two before. So, look, it creates the, the rivalries that the NASCAR fans do like. Uh, William Byron is kind of one of those generic guys uh, who hasn't shown much fire, so that was kind of good for him to come out and show a little personality. And, and Joey Logano's always been kind of one of those guys. You either love him or you, or you don't. His nickname was Sliced Bread for a while because everybody who didn't like him said he thinks he's the greatest thing since Sliced Bread, so that nickname stuck for a while. I don't know a lot about him, but he does have a very S-eating, cocky smile. I don't know if he does that on purpose, but he does. I bet he's got – I bet if you pulled the driver's most punchable face in NASCAR, Logano would be near the top. Right there with the Bush brothers, yeah. <laughs> I definitely think so. And it's just, Yeah, it's that, it's that that smile, that sarcastic-looking smile. I don't know if he can help it. Um, I, I don't – dislike Joey Logano, but at the same time, I've never been a huge fan of him either. But he's been a guy who's never been afraid to mix it up a little bit. So uh, I don't think he has as many friends in the garage as, as other drivers do. Brian North joining us. Kansas this weekend. That's uh, Is that one of your cookie cutters, Brian? No, yeah, yeah. So. It's one that will probably be on the circuit in five years. Unless they're getting great crowds. But, I, you know, it's, it's generic mile-and-a-half track, yeah. All right. Uh, coming up this weekend, I, I plan on being at Clark LeClaire Saturday at 4.30, I guess 3.30, 
uh, an hour before the the first pit. No, four o'clock. I'm sorry. So the game starts at four. I'm getting that confused because the Hurricanes will have a game seven at four thirty. So you could have those two sporting events um, going on at the same time. Hurricanes North. Uh, I, I guess the series hasn't started yet, right? It doesn't start till the home team loses. This series may never begin if uh, Carolina wins tomorrow. And the crazy thing about it is, and I know home ice is important. I've always thought hockey of all the sports. I didn't think the home advantage was was quite as great, uh, but this has been a weird series where the the home team has been dominant. It hasn't even been close. Yeah, it's a three to four goal differential every time for the home team. We're yet to have that game in the third period with five minutes left where it's in question. You know, right? And so, and does that continue? This is why you know you you try to win your division for the the regular season, so you get that home ice advantage, but. Uh, I see. That's been. I don't remember a series like this. I can remember your Atlanta Braves in 1991 in the World Series, where with the Twins, mm-hmm. the Twins won every home game. They also did it in '87, and that was the only time I think that's ever happened. But I can remember it in baseball, and but I don't ever remember in hockey a series like this where, where home ice meant so much. In a, in a first round of a playoff it's starting to give uh, hurricanes fans some bad flashbacks i've even thought about this myself and the canes uh beat the capitals a few years ago and it was the first canes playoff series win in a long time caps had the home ice advantage uh the first six games went to the home team and then the hurricanes were able to win game seven kind of a, a fluky goal in overtime and uh canes fans are, are starting to get worried that this might be a reverse of that so but once again we, we've yet to see a close one maybe the canes come out dominate again we'll see on uh saturday they have been great at home like that and then rod brindamore was saying how electric the crowd could be and how he almost wants to get back out on the ice on the ice again and play because of the home crowd but uh 4 is a weird time it doesn't give uh the home fans as much time to get lubed up as normal but uh it's still it's still a great environment so we'll see we'll see if it, it matters uh it's been game six the other night the puck just kind of hopped in weird places sometimes and if that happens for the visiting team you know all you have to do is steal one and so uh it's, it's gonna be fun and then we'll have to see if, if they can actually pull it out but uh, I, I would put my money on, on carolina just because of their home dominance so far Really strange last couple of games in the Boston-Milwaukee series. So a few nights ago in Milwaukee, they are, they're not cruising, but they have a comfortable lead. And then Boston goes on a run late. Al Horford uh, finds the fountain of youth and takes over. And Boston steals one on the road. And then you want to talk about stealing one. Milwaukee did the exact same thing on Wednesday night. It looked like the Celtics were going to go up 3-2 at home and uh, the fans were going to celebrate. But Milwaukee wins it. Uh, some big plays down the stretch from Drew Holiday and of course, Giannis in that outfit, and now they have a 3-2 lead at home tonight, and then you got Golden State, who were absolutely destroyed on the road the other night without John Morant for Memphis, uh, but Memphis still has to beat them two more times, so Golden State can close it out at home tonight. Milwaukee can close it out at home. Um, Celtics seem to be like a good back-against-the-wall team, the way they play, the way they hustle, play defense, so I, I'm looking forward to that one tonight, Boston and Milwaukee, game six. Yeah, I just haven't figured out a way to trust Boston yet. I mean, it's one of those things they just got to prove it to me. Jason Tatum, as great as a talent he is, he can disappear on you or go real cold in a hurry. I don't know if he's just learned how to be the superstar all the time. Mm. Uh, when, when he's on, he's on, but he hasn't had to learn how to be a superstar when he's not having a good, solid night. So I think that's the next thing for him to, to kind of 
take that next step. But uh, the Celtics team is interesting. Every time you, you want to buy in on them, they'll do something that makes you want to jump back off that bandwagon. Yeah. The defending champs are the defending champs for a reason. So um, it's, it's definitely been an interesting series, and uh, especially when they haven't had Chris Middleton. So, uh, yeah, I, certainly I think Milwaukee's in the driver's seat, but as you stated in this series, just when you think you've got to figure it out, something else happens. Kind of strange the run we're on in the East now. I guess it's not super strange with Giannis being the the best player and uh, and playing for Milwaukee, but the Heat and the Bucks have uh, ran the East these last few years, Brian, and uh, could end up being those two teams to go back to the finals this year. Yeah, defense, uh, you know. The- yeah, you said it last week. I remember defense travels, right? Yep, and uh, the problem for the Heat last week, and they did win their series, but that day you said that uh, offense didn't travel for them, Brian. <laughs> that was a low-scoring game, if I recall. Yeah, I know. And then Jimmy Butler comes back out and says, I don't care if we make shots as long as we play hard at defense. And I, yeah. it was an effort series. I think when you look back at that 76ers series, uh, there was a definite difference between effort in the two teams. Hmm. Yeah. And, uh, boy, James Harden did the, the old running back or Peyton Manning or quarterback fall off a cliff thing, didn't he? He's, uh, he disappeared. And uh, we'll see if he's back with them. Age and you know the the old saying with Harden is well everybody else is in the gym he's out on the club circuit during the summer for his training and so you know <laughs> that'll catch up to you about his age right now so um, we'll see what kind of summer he has because this is a big contract year for him. And Chandler told me earlier today that go ahead and prepare myself for Mike D'Antoni to be the next coach of the Hornets and I just want to give up basketball completely. Like what? <laughs> Good grief, man! Just he's been fired like seven times. I'm sure he's he was a good coach. He probably still is a decent coach. But if you fire a guy, I want to make a clear upgrade or improvement. And yeah. I'd rather have James Borrego back than Mike D'Antoni. I I, well, I, I didn't ever, I never heard the whole reason why Borrego was let go. What was the deal? Uh, I guess it was just getting blown. Their asses blown out for two straight playing games. I mean, that's really. Because they had improved every year a little bit. It, it it was frustrating for them to to not make the playoffs this year. You felt like they had the guys. They've had some injuries. Gordon Hayward's kind of been a bust just because he hadn't played a lot. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess, again, if you're going to make that move, you got to bring in somebody where the players and the fan base both say, all right, I see why you made this move. And Mike D'Antoni's not that guy. If they get Frank Vogel, I'll, you know, I'll, okay, I'm cool with that. I think he's a, he'd be an upgrade, but D'Antoni's not. The only reason I would give you D'Antoni, where, where were Mike D'Antoni's best years? Uh, Phoenix. Phoenix. And who, who do you have playing for him back then? Yeah, what do you had Nash? What are you doing the Nash Mellow comparison here? Yeah, well, you know. Point guard good young, comparison. Good young point guard. Yeah. Flashy young point guard who can get it done. And yeah. So, uh, so maybe maybe that's where he would be a decent fit, but obviously his teams have never played defense. So, um, well, Miles Plumley is not Amari Stoudemire, right? <laughs> that, that is true. That is true. Uh, you, you know, look, offensively they're they're a fun team to watch, and maybe they go out and score people. But again, it didn't work for Steve Nash and, and the Suns either when it came to championship level. Of, you do have to play some defense, and so yeah. uh, maybe he gets him a couple extra rounds. But I, you know, I don't know. It's I'm kind of with you. He's been retreaded so many different times uh, i don't mind some of these fresh faces like the celtics have had pretty good luck going with a, a guy no one had ever heard of before True. but basically you just need to go uh, pick a greg popovich assistant coach and and you'll have success well they tried that and they just fired him yeah. <laughs> yeah. um 
I don't want Mike D'Antoni, and you know who else I don't want to coach, Brian? Uh, Steve Nash. Yeah. That didn't work out too well. Then, uh, yeah, so far. So far yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm a Nash fan. Learning on the, it's going to be a Jason Kidd learning on the job thing, and, you know, kids actually come around a little bit. But, look, if you've never coached before, I don't know how many expect, but he expects you to be a great coach. So, um, yeah. you know, it's uh, – it's uh, one of those things you'd like them to be be able to learn on a different level, but in this day and age, they ain't sell tickets too, and so that's why they get some of these superstars. Brian North joining us. Uh, North, do you recall a team that has had so many role reversals in a season than this ECU baseball team? With your, your starting shortstop goes to your your Friday night guy, and then your closer coming into the year, uh, he's going to be your Friday night guy, and he's going to throw nine no hit innings and. It's just incredible uh, what they've been able to kind of piece together this year, and they they're right back to where you expect ECU baseball to be in mid-May, which is on the right side of the bubble, at the top of the conference standings, and the clear favorite to win another ring in Clearwater. I mean, what a what a job by this team uh, this year. I was just telling somebody this earlier. This might be one of Cliff Godwin's best coaching jobs from yeah. what he's been dealt with with. You know, the team, uh, losing a lot of guys to the draft, um, losing a star pitcher before the season started, having some other things go on. But the adjustments that he's made, non-hitting early, uh, trying to figure out his pitching staff, all those things. This might be one of his best in-season coaching jobs with adjustments uh, that I've seen. I know he's had to work harder this year maybe than he has in years past. And But the result is now they're at 31 wins. They probably will get to the magic number 35. I think that's always the magic number to make sure you're in the NCAA tournament. And so, yeah, uh, a good job of adjusting throughout the season is, I guess, the, the um, optimistic way to look at it, uh, of how he's been able to find the right fit for guys when, obviously, they weren't defined roles when the season started. Man, uh, it's been a, a weird year, but it's all kind of looking familiar right now if you're a Pirate baseball fan. Still work to do, and uh, hopefully they get to work beginning tonight uh, against USF. North, uh, always appreciate the chat. Hopefully we made your uh, your Friday the 13th uh, a little better, a little brighter. Are you a um, are you into horror movies at all? Uh, you know, I can handle them. They're not my favorite, but if they're around or if they're good entertainment, I'm, I'm into them. Okay. What's your favorite scary movie? Yeah, you know, I'll always say The Exorcist was always the one that scared the crap out of me the most. How old were you when you first saw that? Were you young? Uh, yeah, 10. Yeah, so stuck with you. Yeah, you know, when somebody's head goes round and round in circles and then they vomit vertically. And you know. And now that happens every day with your young daughters, right? That's... Correct. That is correct. <laughs> it, it really prepares you for uh, adulthood and parenthood. You didn't know at the time. <laughs> Yeah, you are correct. I, yeah, outside of that, I don't know. I, I've seen a, you know, I've seen the scary movies. I've seen Halloween movies. They're all good. They're all about the same. So I'm not big on the ones with the gotcha, the you know, jump scares. Yeah, jump scares. I'm with you. Those are my favorite. So yeah. Um, by the way, and we'll end it here. We've been asking kind of off the wall questions to our our baseball guys. I don't think we've asked you this. I, maybe we have. Correct me if I'm wrong. I talked to a lot of people. What are you afraid of, Brian? Have I asked you that? No, not directly. Okay, what are you afraid of? Um, you know, I could do the, the general thing of failure or Brian Bailey being my boss. <laughs> or uh, Do you have that reoccurring nightmare where you uh, <laughs> you are Brian Bailey's number two at NCT and your life is a living hell? Is that a dream you have? Oh, my God. No, get out there. Go down to Craven County. I don't know where that is. Go cover it. 
<laughs> Somehow uh, it always turns into a Bailey roast, no matter what the topic we're on. I love Double B. I know, I know. Uh, he's a great. I would. We only kid because we care. That's right. You roast the ones you love. That's what Jeff Ross says. So. All right, Nord. Thanks for joining us, man. Have a uh, a good weekend. Get through this thirteenth, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right, sounds good, Cliffy. Brian North joining us today on Pirate Radio Live. Let's take a break, come back. We'll wrap it up with Greeny, Mark Greenheld's Golf Shop Radio Show. He'll join us to close out this Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Taking a look at your stock market report. The Dow closed out the week up 466 points at 32,196. NASDAQ was up 434 points at 11,805, and the S&P was up 93 at 4,023. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors uh, financial report for a personal look into investing. Call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville, Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. And as we head back into the show, I failed to mention congratulations to Kevin Cozart of Winterville, who was our big uh, free Margaritaville Tropical Punch variety pack winner uh i failed to mention that last break back to you clip all right congratulations to kevin let's uh wrap up today's show talking some golf and some other sports topics with mark greenhelge golf shop radio show he joins us here on pirate radio live greeny how you doing today i'm doing good i'll be out of quarantine and back in the studio tomorrow so i'll be happy about that all right, good to hear. Hope uh, everything is going well your way. A big day tomorrow. We've got the Golf Shop Radio Show going on, uh, 8 to 10 a.m. You can hear it right here on Pirate Radio. We'll dive into the world of golf in a moment. But, Greeny, got Boston, Carolina, Game 7. And not only has every home team won <clears throat> on uh, their home ice, every home team has really dominated on home ice this series. Canes fans hoping uh, that trend will continue on Saturday. Boston fans hoping they can get the first one on the road. So how about Game 7 coming up tomorrow afternoon? You know, the other interesting thing about this whole series so far has been that the team that has scored first hasn't necessarily won, but the way it's worked so far is Carolina scored first in games one and games two, and then they scored again. When Boston has won three and four, even though Carolina scored first, they came right back and scored and were able to tie it up fairly quickly. And then, of course, Carolina scored first and second in game five. Boston scored first and second in game six. So, to me, this really comes down to, number one, I feel like if Boston scores first, they end up winning the game. If Carolina scores first, Boston doesn't answer, and Carolina can get up 2-0, then I think it's over. So it's been an interesting dynamic in, in how the scoring has kind of shifted the way that the game has played out. Um, that, that's the only thing I can come up with at this point. It's like it, it doesn't necessarily – it's important for Carolina to score first, but it's, you know, because they have not won a game when they have, you know, when they've uh, fallen behind. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I, I, I can't tell you. I mean, it, it really has come down to who's taken the most penalties, and, and yeah. every home team has had the advantage on the power play. So you got to think that you give the advantage to Carolina at this point. 
Is this common, Greeny? I follow the Hurricanes and watch them through their playoff runs, but I don't watch it as close as I do football, basketball, other sports. I guess college basketball might be the worst where referees get influenced by a home crowd. But, I mean, are these penalties being taken warranted? Are the are the refs uh, have the refs been up to snuff this series? I don't know. What's your take on that? It's it's been weird, and and it seems like you know I, I don't care what sport you follow, we always seem to be talking about officiating. <laughs> you know, the, the the further that we go, and it's very strange when you get you know people talk about well the referees put the uh, the whistles away in the playoffs for for hockey. Well, they do and they don't. It's like it's very strange. Sometimes you'll see a bunch of stuff go. We saw in Toronto, Tampa Bay last night. I mean, Austin Matthews, one of the best players in the league, is getting grabbed by the shirt for about you know on and off for about 30 seconds and no calls ever made and yet somebody could probably get a little cross check and get knocked down in front of the net and th- and that gets a call so i think what we as fans want is we want some kind of consistency and you know if you're gonna call a penalty in the first period with five minutes into the game that same play needs to be a penalty in the third period with five minutes left in the game so i think that's what we crave from a fan perspective is we don't care if you're calling everything or nothing or somewhere in between we just want it to be consistent and i think especially in the nhl i think sometimes we fail in that because even though the bruins got some good calls the other night i mean early on in that game carolina got a couple of quick calls and bruins players weren't getting quick calls and then it almost like flipped somewhere in the middle of the game where it seemed like maybe the Bruins were getting the calls and Carolina weren't getting the calls. So the consistency, I think, is what we have a problem with. Yeah. seeing it. Yeah, just like a strike zone. If it's bad, uh, at least make it consistently bad. And uh, Greeny and uh, fans want to see more of that in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Talking to Mark Greenhelge, Golf Shop Radio Show, coming your way Saturday morning right here on Pirate Radio. And Greeny, uh, I got to tell you, I'm not that familiar with Sebastian uh, Munoz, but I guess I, sh- I should get familiar with him. Uh, shoots a 60 at the Byron Nelson and becomes the first PGA Tour player with two rounds of 60 in the same season. So a, a record-breaking performance this weekend. Who is uh, Sebastian Munoz? Well, uh, he's he's kind of been around for a little bit. He has one PGA Tour win and one Corn Ferry Tour win. So he won on the Corn Ferry Tour back in 2016, kind of helped propel him onto the PGA Tour. He won the Sanderson Farms, uh, one of those, uh, you know, events that's kind of in the beginning of a wraparound season back in 2019 so um we've seen him kind of linger around some score some leaderboards before and uh you know i I always say it is hard to back up those rounds so today you know at this point he's even through four so um you know somebody who who can go low but somebody who has a little problem with consistency himself so again another guy that you kind of want to look at that can he maintain that over four rounds Usually when you go really low like a 60, it's really hard to come back and, and back that up the next day with something else low. So you kind of maybe look for him to hopefully get a couple under par today and then uh, be able to go a little bit lower on the weekend and get himself back into it. At the time of this recording, Ryan Palmer in the lead at the Byron Nelson as they continue to play. And, and Greeny, uh, you know, how are you using this and how are you using the guys not in this field to get ready for next week's PGA Championship? Who are your guys uh, next week you're going to look to get uh, in your pool and maybe a long shot or two? Who are you looking at for next week? 
Well, well, definitely this week you want to look at Scotty Scheffler because we haven't seen Scotty Scheffler since the Masters, right? So we want to see how he's kind of turning this whole thing around. How's he playing? What's he look like? Is he somebody that we need to look at the next week? I mean, man, he, he's won four times in his last six starts, and we want to see if, that's, uh, if that mojo is still there. So you definitely want to look at that as we head into the weekend. I mean, he's already... He's already done through two rounds, so he's at nine under par. I mean, he's kind of there, not really challenging. It's, it's, again, at, the, at this time, he's six shots behind the lead of Ryan Palmer. So you want to see him continue to build on that. You want to see guys like Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Hideki Matsuyama. You want to see those big names start to build. But then you also wonder about like, somebody like a, a Brooks Kepka, who was supposed to play this week, and withdrew. And we don't really know why he withdrew. So, um, you know, we, we, we obviously want to see that. We, we don't know, again, whether we have Phil or Tiger playing. The assumption is that Tiger is going to play. And I'm sure somewhere somebody's monitoring his uh, plane to see if it's actually uh, going to leave sometime this weekend to head to Tulsa. Phil's the big question mark. Uh, you know, we kind of felt like Phil was heading towards defending this championship and showing up. And then, lo and behold, uh, Alan Shipnuck drops his next, next nugget of the uh, – the escapades of Phil's gambling, and uh, now Phil may have to answer to that if he shows up. So, uh. um, lots of question marks around that. But, yeah, there, there's really a toss-up between, you know, maybe you want to see a guy that had been playing well and took this week off and a guy that maybe hadn't been playing well or hadn't played like a Scotty Shuffler and how he playing this week going into next week. Greeny, I brought this up yesterday and, and want to ask you as a, a golf novice. I, I know that the U.S. Open – is made you know as difficult as possible and i'm looking at past winners right now you had brooks kepka win uh webb simpson justin rose all win over par since 2000 uh graham mcdowell is even par in uh 2010 uh so since 2010 you've had you know four guys even par or worse win the event how about the the pga championship you know what what sets that apart from other golf tournaments played throughout the PGA season? Do they try to make it more difficult? Is it pretty on par with, with other courses? What, what's the unique thing about it, if anything? For me, probably the last 10 years, the PGA Championship has been one of the most fun to watch. And the reason I say that is Terry, Terry Haig is responsible from the PGA of America for setting up that golf course. And I think he does the best job in terms of Making it difficult, yet scorable. And what I mean by that is that if you hit good shots, you get rewarded, you have the opportunity to make birdies and eagles. If you hit bad shots, you have the opportunity to maybe scramble and make a par, maybe scramble and make a bogey. But there's also that, uh, that double and you know, triple and the, all the other stuff that you can get that's available uh, on his setups. So, so that's what I think people like to see is, you know, they don't, I mean, some people like to see carnage at the U.S. Open and guys, you know, shooting four over par to win the thing. But at all the, you know, at the other three, the Open, the U.S. Open, and, and the PGA, I really think the PGA does the best job of setting it up so that you, you get rewarded by really good shots. I think the U.S. Open has gone over the, over the edge sometimes where good shots, shots aren't rewarded. Sometimes we get people complain about that at Augusta National that, you know, if you miss that one foot spot on a shot, it rolls off the green and down a hill somewhere. But I think the PGA of America, in selecting their courses and in setting up their championship, uh, of the three that rotate, has done probably the best job in the past 10 years. 
Mark Greenhelge, good info uh, from the Golf Shop Radio Show joining us. Looking forward to seeing Harold Varner III back in action next week. We'll talk about uh, round two when we catch up with Greeny next Friday right here on Pirate Radio. Greeny, what are the topics you'll be hitting on Saturday's edition of the Golf Shop Radio Show? Well, we're going to talk with uh, a 16-year-old, uh, Kylie Choi. That was the first to qualify for the U.S. Women's Open at age 16. There was one spot in her qualifier, and she got it at age 16, beating a whole host of other people. So that's an interesting story as we head into the Women's U.S. Open here in the Carolinas over in the Pinehurst area. We'll talk to Bobby Harton about a new golf tour down in the Charleston area. We'll check in with Curtis Strange, who's going to be working with ESPN. I'm actually a big fan of Curtis Strange working on golf coverage. I think he does an excellent job. So we'll check in with him on the PGA Championship. And as always, we'll check in with our man Bill Bender. Maybe talk a little NFL schedule release that we had last night. All right. Uh, good stuff. Looking forward to it Saturday morning, 8 a.m. right here on Pirate Radio. Greeny, have a great rest of your weekend. Have a great show tomorrow, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks, Cliff. You have a good one, too. Thank you, Granny Mark Greenhills, Golf Shop Radio Show, joining us today to wrap up a Friday edition, a fun one, on Pirate Radio Live. If you missed our interview earlier with Ryan Robinson, make sure you check that one out. Also, Jill Jelnick joined us, Brian North, Morgan Aylers, and Tony Dunn. Thanks to Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt for their service and the great job they did today and every day here at Pirate Radio. We'll see you Monday, 3 o'clock. Big show. Cliff Godwin, the guys inside the Delcor Players Lounge, and we'll wrap up and recap the sports weekend Monday, 3 o'clock on Pirate Radio Live. Have a great weekend. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.